Snoop Dogg. Thanks for being here. Hey, man, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor and a treat to be here once again. See, man, you've got that thing we call charm. Charming people, they know how to make the others around them feel special. Man, we may need to go on a date or something, man, or do something special, man. See, there's that charm. I just can't match it, so I brought you a physical present. You're one of my favorites, man. I love doing interviews with you. I love coming to the city, and I look forward to seeing you because, you know, you always bring me a bag of goodies. And Yeah, I got a bag of goodies for you, Snoop. I know you're kind of a dragon. And I puff like a dragon. I must be Puff the Magic Dragon. You like that song, Snoop? You want to hear it? Let's get it. All right. Here we go. Wow. You like it? What is this? It's your song, man. Puff the Magic Dragon. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's heavy. And that is so dope. Man, I can't believe you like this song so much. This is authentic, right? This is official like a referee with a whistle, man. Matter of fact, this is official like a Shihai Muslim with a missile. Oh, my, my. Painted wings and giant's rings. Oh, my God. That's dope. This is fly. You want a copy of this, Snoop? You want to go pick it up for me? Really? You like this that much? It's very smoky, it's very foggy, but you know, what would you expect from the doggy doggy? Yeah, it's your style? You gonna rap on it? Ooh, they live in the streets and they hustle for fame. Some bang for a lemon, some clank cocaine. See, it's not a lifestyle, it's a full-time job. And if you live in Compton, it's like a macabre. From block to block, everybody's bad. And if you don't know where you at, you better tuck in your rag. Man, that's pretty hard for such a soft song. I got some beef in my teeth and some chicken too. Hey, that's a cavity. Hey, that's Snoopy. And if you don't brush your teeth, this but you do. You be a yuck mouth. Man, you are funny. Welcome to episode 14, getting on up in those numbers. This episode we have comedian Nick Vatteratz. Man, this is one of the most joyful episodes yet. This is so funny. He's uh, one of my favorites, as I say, in this very conversation coming up. This very funny conversation coming up with me, Matt Kaplan, and Nick Vatterat. Figure it out once and for all. Here it is. Who's right? Who's wrong? We'll have all the answers. Uh, if you need any volume changes, you are number four. Oh, great. Everyone good? I'm good. In I the feel camps? great. 
Nick. I'm often number four when there's three people. It's very weird. <laughs> Every contest I was ever a part of. You're number four. There's only three of us. That's how bad you <laughs> I pick no one. Then I pick Nick. God, somebody who didn't even show up did better than the effort you put in today. Nice. Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for, um, thanks for being here as well. It'd be weird if I was here and you weren't. That would be, though it would still be entertaining because you are one of my favorite living comedians. Oh my God. Thank you. Yeah. If I die, will you hate me? Well, if you die, you'll have a lot more competition. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty, that's a good pool of dead comics out there. Yeah. That's pretty good. And Deadpool. Keeps, that'd be a great. It keeps uh, getting better. Yeah, it's every, right. time comic dies, every so. year it gets a you're, better. You're, you're better off dying sooner than right. later. So oh, yeah. uh, die before you could ever hit your, your full potential. Yeah. That's the best thing you could ever do. Have you hit your full potential? Oh, uh, I think, yeah, I think I maxed out jun- junior high, maybe. I think I peaked <laughs> maybe gonna... freshman year. I had a sweet uh, Adidas jacket and uh, <laughs> some Cavaricis, and I don't think I've ever been able to been as cool as i was you had some run dmc then you oh were just yeah like, man yeah i had some uh nwa mixtapes that a friend sold me out of his locker i don't think you've hit your potential yet oh yeah and yeah I think you think so. i could you think i'm still there's still some damage i can do out there well every time i see you perform you have new material uh maybe that comes from uh insanity is that where you get your material from? I, I, is it? I don't know if it's either. I just get tired of doing other stuff, or I am. Uh, I have so much idle time on my hands. Do you I, have? Uh, you have? You have a lot of idle time. I have too much idle time. They say idle time is the devil's playground. And I never really got what that meant. Like, if it was—is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing because a lot of people, if they have too much freedom, they don't know what to do with it and they end up drinking or self-destructive. It's, it's a playground, though. It sounds fun. Yeah. It's not like the devil's restroom or right. something like the, that. <laughs> the devil's restroom. Yeah, that's what it should be. Idle time is the devil's uh, pedophile man. <laughs> hey, if I had a job, if I, had, if I had to be somewhere, I wouldn't be in this van outside of this Collecting playground. Kids. Yeah, I collect them. I want all of them. So are you full-time comedian? I, I'm making all my money off of... I'm getting by off of all my... Uh, Creative com- pursuits. Comedy right now. Yeah. Which is great. Which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. A, few, a few years ago, I was able to kind of start touring enough just to uh, not have to wait tables anymore. Oh, is that what you were doing before? Long time. Over a decade or so. Of waiting tables. I did yeah. that too. That is one of the hardest jobs. I, I am uh, so glad I don't have to do it anymore. I, I go out and eat and I'll watch how customers talk to wait staff. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't think I could. I don't think. I, towards the end of waiting tables, like I definitely was like, I didn't take the bullshit anymore. I would like snap at people and like, you know, yeah. I would. I don't know. If you were mean to me, I just was. I didn't take it. You know, well, there's such a power dynamic difference between being a bartender and being a waiter. A lot of times as a waiter, <sighs> the customer treats you like a servant. You don't right. have the power. Right. But when I was waiting tables, I was I did it for like probably six years. And yeah, I was able to change that dynamic somehow. Oh, where I would be like, I'm bringing you your food. You're right. not, you know, like you're my guest. You're my guest. Yeah, well, that's I don't know. How do you do? What's the secret? Um, it was just like a psychological switch I made in my brain where if they tried to treat me like a servant, I would treat them. I would pretend that they were a baby, <laughs> like a whining baby. Yeah. Sure. Did that affect oh, did it, tips at all? Did you do better or worse? 
Um, same. Yeah. I was never like, you but know. your, 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 your soul was better. My yes. Cause you know what it is? It's, it's not only physically exhausting, but waiting tables is emotionally exhausting. It is. It's just, and you know, the other thing is, you know, I, I, I was a bartender for a long time too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, bartenders, they, they got it made, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. They just, they just do. I've been on both sides of it. And like, you know, the customers treat the waiter like it's some sort of subservient, you know, person. Mm-hmm. But then everyone wants, everyone's trying to get the bartender to be their friend. Everyone's trying to like, they look up to the bartender, like they're like the celebrity of the wait staff right. or something like that. They're trying to impress them and over tip. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would blow my mind that I'd wait on some table for like an hour and a half and get $3. And then this guy just pops three Bud Light bottles and gets a $4 tip for it in yeah. 30 seconds. And it's just like, oh, he does nothing. And he just complains. He complains. Oh, I totally requested off. Hey, Shonda, are you going to work for me Thursday? Because I requested off. And it's such bullshit. I got to come in. I got to do the fucking mid. You make $100 in your two to four shift and you're bitching about it. Have you figured out why that is? The dynamic is so different? It's stigma. It's just we've decided. We've just. It's just you know we've projected that this this role mm-hmm. is it. It's, 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 do you think that's traditionally bartending is a man's job and uh, waiting tables is a woman's job? Is that where? Oh, I think women possible? kill it harder than the men in the bartending N- nowadays. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying like traditionally, maybe that's where it all started. I think from. it's maybe like it's just a cool. It's a cool factor. It's they're around liquor. You mm-hmm. know, they're around liquor, they're around the spirits, the alcohol, um, you know, where it's it's just bringing, you yeah. know, bringing, bring me my food. Where is my ham on a bone? <laughs> my bone in ham. Bring me my bone in ham and cornmeal. <laughs> you know, it's, it is. It's like, uh, I've spilt. Clean my spill. <laughs> I've boffed. Clean my boff. Bring me my vomit bucket. <laughs> I want another meal. To the vomitorium, <laughs> stick your thumb down my throat and make me vomit this thing I love, so I could have more and stiff you for it. People do turn into little children around food, though. It's really weird. Uh, yeah, there's like I hate when you clean up stuff off the floor that we didn't even serve. It's <laughs> like apples and Cheerios on the floor. Like where did mm-hmm. that come from? We didn't serve Cheerios. Uh, yeah. Children. Is that what it is? Yeah, they make a mess. Everyone should have to ser- be a waiter at some point. I think that's what they say. You ha- you have to do it at one point. It's just so. I just, I can't believe, I don't know. I just can't believe how people talk, you know. It's like, we got to feel out the we got to figure out the Middle East. We got to figure out all this stuff. Can you be nice to the wait staff? We start there. You can't even be nice to these people. If right. you can't be nice to them, we're not going to get the Israel and Palestine to get along. Yes. You can't even get along with the guy who's just trying to help you. you Bring, know, bring in your food, yeah. buddy. Yeah. You jerks. I don't know. That's my, that's my, my, my overall thing right now is like, I think, Enough of like the division of everybody. It's this group. It's that group. It's everyone always talks about you, 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 you. Yeah. It's the assholes. It's us versus the assholes. I think that's what it should be at the end of the day. It should be every race and every creed and every job versus the assholes of every creed and every job and every race. Instead s- of us fucking like being it's it's them. Everyone says them. Right. And every it drives me crazy. But even even I'm so with you on this. Even when you say black, white, Jewish, blah blah blah, you're still separating people. Still separating. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's uh it's uh all cops, you know, do this or all and I listen to both sides of uh, i'm going back to st louis for thanksgiving and um that's where it, you're from right yeah okay, yeah right. and uh it's gonna uh thanksgiving la- thanksgiving in st louis last year was a it's gonna be a lot different than this year 
thankfully because of ferguson yeah because right. that's that's it was fresh you know and everybody that's what that's what everybody talked about i mean that's what everybody talked about like in the country sure let alone st louis yeah. you know how far and, is ferguson the ferguson riots how far was ferguson from is st louis i mean it's like north county i mean st louis is weird because it's like it's like a city and it's also a county so anything around the city is actually still part of st louis county okay uh so it's like technically i believe it technically is st louis but as far as like from the epic center like i don't know that's up like in north county i'm uh i live in sort of like i guess i guess west county i guess is what you would call where i'm at so it was uh, like totally politically charged last thanksgiving like it was you know i living in new york and talking to all like the comics you get the uber liberal sure. like you know uh point of view you're like how can and you're and you're, and you're here and you're like yeah how can anybody disagree Right. Or have a, any sort of alternative opinion towards that. And then I get to St. Louis, and it was very interesting hearing mm -hmm. a lot of the things that people say, you know? Like what? What would be some of the counter-opinions? Uh, I would say there's a racism is a real thing that, that, that this is happening still. Sure. And people say, like, no, it's not. And I go, how can you say that it's not? Because we have a like, black president. Yeah, we have a black president right. now. And, and, and black baseball players. <laughs> and I, I saw a black, a, a black man driving an Enterprise car in an Enterprise commercial. <laughs> We've come a long way. There was no black men in Enterprise cars and Enterprise commercials in the 1910s. <laughs> Um, you know, I, you know, the arguments that, that you hear are just like, it's not like, but it's also this, it's also this thing too, where it's not like, you know, like, it's not like, like white people in St. Louis are like, there are some racist people there for sure. You know, everywhere. Uh, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, this whole Columbia thing that happened. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, uh, in Columbia, Missouri, but like, you know, like it's not like there, when people say, you know, when I say, well, you know, I listen to one side of opinion in New York City, and then I listen to another side of opinion in Missouri, I, I know people think, what, that, you know, they should be racist? That's their, what, what is the opposing argument that they're saying? And the argument is like stuff like, you know, I'll be like, well, my buddy, I go, all right, so I'll bring up, I go, my, you know, my buddy, you know, I talk to my buddies about this, and they get racially profiled all the time on right. a regular basis, you know? And, uh, and and they'll be like, do they though? Like, are there or do they just say that? Like, why would they lie to me about it? You know, it's like, but they exaggerate how often it happens. Then they bring up an example of when they got racially, when they got profiled. You uh -huh, know, they'd yeah. be like, well, we were in the car, and the cops pulled us over, and we weren't doing anything. And they and it has this happened to me too. You know, it's like I've, I mean, St. Louis. I've, <laughs> I remember when I was in high school. I have I have tons of stories of cops just doing terrible things to me. You know, like as a youngster. Yeah, pulling yeah. me over for at literally no reason, mm -hmm. uh, going through my trunk, you know, looking for guns, looking for and when I'm in and I'm in like a nice part of West County. Uh -huh, like right. I, I didn't do it. They literally, you know, that I that so uh, now I take that and I chalk that up to that moment. That was a specific thing. There's a lot of like white people in, in St. Louis because they come. And when you're young, they just think you're a young thug punk. Probably I was probably profiled as a youngster. Right. You know, yeah. like that was probably the racial profile. It was or, or you know like the the prejudicial of sure. being young you know Up like to no good yeah i had long hair i mean that's probably uh, what it was you yeah. know um but you know uh so but you know there's a lot of like white people in st louis they'll bring up an example of when that 
happened to them. And they'd be like, so what? What did TP pull me over because I was white? Right. You know, I'm like, okay, I know. But how often does that happen to you? And how often does that happen to like, you know, all these like other friends of mine that it happens all the time? But how do we move past it? Because pointing out the differences is can be just amplifying the differences. I, so I think I think everybody needs to stop saying them and they, and everyone needs to start just being like we and I. Like, what can we do? What can I do? You know? Right. And the, you say that, though, and then everyone's knee-jerk reaction is, uh, but it is them. <laughs> you know? It's right. like, like you say, like, the, it's the cops. The cops are doing this, you know? Like, and it is the cops, you know? But, yeah. like, it, it doesn't, like, like, no one's ever, like, shouted, like, so much that race, racist people are like, you know what? I'm going to stop being racist. You know, there needs to be like, uh, I don't know. Like I try to like, instead of just when I get to St. Louis and, and I don't, I can't just sit there and just go stop being racist stop, and just scream at them. You know, it just doesn't work. You know, and can you change people's opinions? I, what I try to do is you, it's so hard to change people's opinions. So All people want to do is just wait till the other person's done talking so that they can say their part. Right. You know, right. and like, and I'll try to like bring up, you know, the good part about being in New York is that you're around so many different diverse people. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you go back to like, you know, Missouri where everyone's around like-minded identical types, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, but it's crazy hearing the arguments in St. Louis. Like they'll bring up the, you know, like I said, they're like, well, they'll bring up the one example where they got pulled over and be like, well, right. does this mean I was pulled over because I was white? No. Well, then how come black people could just say they were pulled over because of black? Because like, they were half the time, you know, I have, I have a bit that I've been working on it, where I think that we all unite when the aliens invade. All right. Yeah, then, yeah, then yeah, we'll yeah, all yeah. be earthlings, you know? <laughs> and maybe that's what it takes. I think that's hilarious. A common enemy. It it will be. It will be. And then uh and then yeah, then we'll all be racist against the aliens. Exactly. You know? But at least we'll more of us will be together in on it. Um it's so stupid that that's what it generally takes. Mm-hmm. You know, it generally takes like a bigger evil. It sucks you know. that you have to deal with that uh on Thanksgiving cuz everyone has to deal with their, you know, right. super politically charged family and thanksgiving well it's so funny how americans can't stand each other until like a like a national thing happens then all of a sudden everybody's you know like 9-11 happens and then everyone's just like helping each other out and yeah you know and doing this and doing then like a couple months go by and you're back to cutting people off (laughs) on the highway and shit like that you know yes Uh, i'm sure there are plenty of people who are like oh you know paris got attacked right oh they're french i don't care about them the initial, I mean, the very first thing I heard, somebody says, like, well, I guess, you know, they made a, I bet they're going to surrender joke, you know? Right, of course. It's immediately what they said, you know? And, like, I get the whole, I get the whole, you can make jokes about anything type of thing after mm-hmm. tragedy. I get it. I totally get it. Meanwhile, Halan said exactly what any U.S. president would have said. You know, we're going to attack them full force, no mercy. It's like, which, you know, which I, I, that whole thing, you know, and then you got Geraldo Rivera, who's mad at Obama for not doing enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he thinks he's not doing enough. Like, like, really, you're, you're privy to all the intel yeah, that exactly. the president of the United States has. I'm not saying Obama isn't doing enough, but I'm also saying, like... Who you, knows what the hell what, do. what do you do? They don't, they don't have a country. They don't have a place to like, they, I guess there's pockets of Syria and Iraq. Yeah. It's not like Germany where you can just bomb Germany. It's not just Japan where you can bomb Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Japan, we bomb Japan and there's a lot of like innocent people that got killed when we bombed them. Yeah. And they as a people have been like, 
all right, fuck it. We're, we'll, we'll be cool with them now. But you now know? Tokyo is so modernized thanks yeah. to us. Well, we did it! <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's no... The, it, there's this constant thing where, like, you know, like... Uh, I, you, you know, like, if we bomb them, that's not going to, like, shut them up. You know? And, and who is them? <laughs> As them. Yeah, they. Them, yeah, them, exactly. they, they, they. Well, they're, you know, they're, like, the extremists are, like, beyond... You know, like, there is a, you know... Uh, this is also another thing. The extremists. You're talking about the violent extremists, right, right? I would argue that a lot of a lot of Islam is extreme in general. You know, even the nonviolent ones. When you have your women walking around in burqas, absolutely. You know, sure. So it's, it's all. A lot of it is pretty extreme. Well, and yeah. any religion is extreme to anyone that doesn't practice. Yeah. The Orthodox, oh, right. the Orthodox yeah. Jews are crazy extreme. <laughs> you, you think a guy lives in the sky, and then like that's pretty extreme. You know, <laughs> he lives in a like you you believe in a mystical, magical, exactly. cloud city. That's pretty right. extreme. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus was born without, like, just, like, no sex. Right. That's extreme. Oh, yeah, virgin you know? birth. Virgin birth. Totally Pretty normal. extreme. Yeah, it's all extreme, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what there is that, you know, I don't know what you're supposed to do about it. I don't know. You know? I think we're supposed to get by and create joy in the world. It's almost all we can do. Right. You know? I was, I was, I was, Sunday I was watching football. I was like, what if we just made ISIS watch football? (laughs) And maybe they're like, all right, we get it. (laughs) You know, they like, like they would accept our, our our ways. Yeah. If they just, if we could just get them into football and then they'd be, they would understand football and be like, oh, this is pretty fun. All right. Yeah. You can kind of get all your anger out through this and like, we should just hang out and drink, you know, and just chill watch football they'd be like fuck you you should call it soccer (laughs) (laughs) it's infuriating man i don't know yeah such a bummer and now does this uh inform your comedy i don't know i feel like my comedy over the past i i i I hated i i generally stayed away from like political comedy for the very long time and i feel like in the past like i don't know maybe a little bit of ignorance maybe a little bit of like um I don't know. I, I just, I, you know what it was? Uh, I just didn't care. Yeah. You know, it all just feels so just like helpless to care that you can't like do anything. No one wants to listen to what you have to say. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then I think like, I don't know. I think, mm, you know, also I'm just more into sur- absurdity and ridiculousness yes. than anything else. You know, I, that just sort of entertains me more, you know, um, but I think like, uh, does it entertain you or you think it's better for the world? I think as it entertains me. Okay. Of course, I think what as what entertains you as a person changes as the years go on. And so, of course, thank God. Right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, life would get pretty repetitive and boring. You know, I used to be in a porn hub and now I'm into you porn. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm evolved. I uh, got the membership and I know. Uh, um, I, uh, which by the way, Pornhub, did you see that last week? Pornhub, it, it, they, there was a new video game that came out and Pornhub like reported a 10% drop in their like streaming for like, cause of the video game. Yeah. No, which just showed that. like <laughs> what a Venn diagram of right. like, of our population. <laughs> Uh, that shows how. <laughs> well, all right, we'll stop Pornhub to play the new game. And like, all right, back to Pornhub. Like, come on, guys. We and then you it. could also say how the uh, how easily porn is accessible has brought the marriage rates way down. <laughs> is is that what? It, yeah, because you yeah. got you got this other outlet. Oh my god. Porn. You know what? Like, uh, I, I the great thing about porn is that uh, you don't have to deal with anybody else. 
Exactly. You know, you don't gotta, you know, which is actually probably why it's so terrible is that you don't learn to deal with anybody else. I mean, the, <laughs> the male sex drive, like, you know, I think most males have been there where you spent five hours of your night chasing this thing and then you sleep with a woman and then it's over and you're like, what the hell did I do with my night? Or you don't get to sleep with her. <laughs> not, not that you're owed sex. And I, I understand we don't owe you anything. I go, I know, I know, I, I get that you don't owe me anything. Yeah. Uh, but the 20th time in a row where a girl leads me on mm -hmm. and uh okay you don't owe me anything don't lead me on then mm. and also or or at least like but who doesn't love the attention i know that's you know that's that's you, know, you don't know me sex but uh, 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 uh really a handshake at the end of the night <laughs> oh, on the hand give me a kiss you'd, you'd kiss a foreign guy in a heartbeat I'll if a foreign I... guy kissed you as a hello you do it in a heartbeat right, you can't right. we've only got five hours I can't even get a cheek kiss. I can't even get like a parting gift. Have Give me a parting gift. I don't need sex. I don't. I just need something to show that you didn't. This you, uh, you weren't pranking me the whole time. But you're in a relationship, aren't you? I, yeah, which is the, which is the best part I love about the relationship that I don't have the to, handshake at the end of the, yeah, the night. handshake at the end of the night. Every time we go out, we've established our boundaries, and uh, I'm I'm saving high fives for marriage. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Is that how you write your material? You just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks? Oh, you know how I do a, a lot of... Uh, I, some people write... I walk around and talk to myself. That's my biggest Out thing. loud? Or oh, sure, yeah. Really? I used to kind of put headphones on and pretend I was singing to a song. And mm -hmm. now I don't even care. What just, do I care? So you talk to yourself, you're just improvising out loud? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, um, it's very fun to get high and walk around and talk about <laughs> stuff, you know? If something right. is weird, like, I, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, I, I got, so I got asked to do a show, like, last second last night, uh -huh. and then I was like, oh, shit, well, what do I want to do? And it, it was a show, like, because I do, like, if I'm doing, if I've, I've done your show a couple times now, yeah. great show, yeah. but I, I also, I like to do different stuff, you know, like, there's so many comics I love, but sometimes I see them... Dude, at the, at a, at, I don't know. I, there's so many comics I love. I get it. Everyone has their own thing, yeah. you know. Uh, but sometimes it's the same comic at the same show doing the same material again. And I, either a friend, but I kind of like don't want to watch. You know, right, I'm like, right. I've seen you do this material here three times. Yes. You know? uh, part of me is like, what are they going to ask you back for? Because you got like regulars that come and stuff. And also like, right. I don't know, whatever. But I, I'm sure I do it too. Whatever. You know, uh, 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 if you do different shows, you can do the same material. At different. Everyone has their own thing. But uh, I'm but just I, saying it, it excites me more. The, com the comics that I see switching up all the time are the, the I'm most excited about. Sure. And I just feel I have more fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if I go through the same bit every time, I also have, I also have this probably like deep seated fear. You'll, you won't ask me back if I do the same bit every time too. You always kill, so it, there's no. Well, I'm doing about different that. stuff every time. If it's the same audience and I did the same bit, and then they and they booed me. But sometimes maybe this is just because of your experience and how good you are. But sometimes I don't know if it's polished or if you're just winging it in the moment. Right. I think uh, that's a. I think that's where you want to be. Yeah. Although you don't want your polish material to, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you don't want the does, polish material yeah. to seem like you're winging it. Like, uh, right. I was like, did you just make? Hey, that's uh, uh, There's some. There's something there. I think there's something there. Yeah, Dude, I've been doing that for ten years. That's my best bit. <laughs> well, sometimes you uh, could see comics uh, do their polish material. Then you could tell when they're using sure, something there. Sure. I think if you can trick or not trick them, but sort of like make it make it sort of like this. Mirage of, 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 of this illusion of what's what's what stream of consciousness and what is premeditated in, in there. In it, I think if you're able to blur the two, yeah, I think that's a good sweet spot to hit. That's hard to hit. You so know? your new stuff, you're you're presenting it like it's old old hat. I think uh, I think on my good days, I think 
that's what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. You know? You're faking uh, the confidence. Yeah, or it just, it's something about it comes off, it seems more organic for whatever reason, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's a very long time where um, talking about, like doing material, like, like riffing and stream of consciousness and then shifting in, the audience can feel. Yes. They can still do it too. They can feel you like kind of shift you know, from third into fourth. Totally. You know, and they, yeah. they, and they're just like, they're kind of like, where'd that other guy go? Cause you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like fireworks. They live, happening it live in front of you is so much more entertaining than watching a, you know, a recording of it or a re, you know, yeah. issue of it. I mean, Matt, Matt does improv as an, and he's an actor. I mean, with improv, the audience senses that it's off the cuff. Um, this weird they do. sense. Yeah, they love... That's why it's weird to do improv when they have stand-up and improv together in the mm-hmm. same show. It's sometimes weird. It's definitely weird, especially yeah. if there are times when the audience doesn't really get it or know what's going on. Why are there four comics on stage? <laughs> right. And they're just kind of talking to each other about yeah. dicks. It doesn't... Right. Oh, I'm sorry, that's my it takes a. Uh, it takes a good host to explain what's going on. Oh, is it... Uh, you got a, it sounds like you got a free guy. <laughs> so, but a lot of your stand-up, Nick, is improvisational. Is that um, right? I, I think uh, it's just, you know, it's so weird. It just depends on the room and depends on... Uh, I think when I'm having the most fun, there's a lot of improv involved. Yeah. You know, if, if, now, if are it's you a crowd I really am into. Are you improvising around a subject that you have in mind or... I don't know. I think sometimes there is like an idea, you mm-hmm. know, it's so funny, uh, you know, or sometimes it's just kind of letting, letting go, mm-hmm. uh, and just seeing where your brain wanders on stage. And then sometimes it's a reaction of an audience moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, if there's a way, you know, there's so there's, there used to be this like, I don't know. I think there was a there was a dumb trick I kind of realized early on doing clubs, and it was uh, uh, I had a stand up joke. It was a setup punchline joke. You talking about doing standard comedy clubs? Just, yeah, just regular. Okay. Like yeah. I just got into clubs, and I was very like when you first started. I don't know. At least for me, and I and I think a lot of comics when you first get into clubs, you're so rigorous. You you've, you've your defined a five minute tight set or whatever. Right. And you don't stray from it too much, and you're just trying to get as tight of a mm-hmm. set as possible. And you 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 can tell the guys the, the guy the, the the people that improvise most. I feel like the guy the guys that have been doing it the longest. Sure. You know? Like you, yeah. when, you, when you go to a show and a guy just crowd works the whole time, you know. Yeah. They and there's different crowd work guys. Some guys are sort of hacky crowd work guys, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and some guys are just just genius. Yeah. You know, like making the whole show unfold uh but a lot of yeah you know, a lot of a lot of it just comes from stage time or whatever you know mm-hmm. um but sometimes from you know from being at a lot of shows and running a show sometimes the seasoned comics don't do as well as the people that have their very strict right because they're more sometimes the uh i i think seasoned guys sometimes get lazy is that what it is mm. Or you forget. Yeah. Or I don't. Yeah. I, I think they get lazy. I, I, young comics are are hungry to make every second of stage time count. Right. And like right. they're they're really they're out there to impress. Still, they're they're they they have something to prove. Still, it's like they, when you have too much sex, you just lose your sensitivity. Yeah. You're too. just like whatever. Exactly. It's what it is. You know. Could we just have a handshake and call it a night? <laughs> There's so many guys that you see like do it for a while, and you're just like, ah, what? So what did I want to talk about tonight? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys want to talk? Like, really? You, yeah. you, you, like, you prepared nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, you just, you're so confident that you're just going to wing it the whole time. Yeah. I sometimes get annoyed watching, like, you know, uh, veteran comics. Not all. I mean, I mean, you can meet the, the, some of my favorite comics are, you know. You, you never do that, by the way. Like, every time I've seen you, you're commanding the stage. You're never putting it on the audience. Like, hey, so what do you, you want to do? What do you guys want? Which it is sometimes. Sometimes beautiful, organic moments do come from that. Some guys are very good about, like, kind of getting, you know, um, you know, like, what is. I, I'm trying to think of a good. See, Rory Scovel and, 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 and oh, yeah. Moshe Kasher are great at, like, Getting the, you know, including the audience. Well, he's almost more stream of consciousness kind of talking, and, and mm-hmm. more, you know, I, from what I've seen of him, he was, he, I just, a couple of shows I saw, he just picked something from an audience moment and like ran with it, and it was amazing, you know, like yeah. so. Some guys, uh, and I, 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 I haven't seen him enough to know if he does that all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but, but the couple of times I saw him do it, it was amazing and it was awesome, and it was a good thing that that's, you know, I was so, I was so glad that that's how he, but some guys just come out and be like, yeah, so what's up? And then I hate it when they do it. They're like, so, uh, and then they got nothing, you know? So what do you do? And they're like, I uh, work in finance. But finance? What the? Wait, wait, uh, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and it's like, Probably they're just being mean to yeah, What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just being mean to the guy and they're like, not doing anything. They're so I remember like there was a, uh, uh, talking about the bleeding of like the, the material into like uh, riffing and stuff. There was, so early on, I had this bit. This is this so such a dumb bit. Um, but there was, uh, when you get married, you're supposed to spend two months money on a sa- on salary, uh, on the, on, the ring, on the, on the wedding ring, uh-huh. two, two months salary. And I was like, uh, two months salary. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to spend 300 bucks on a ring. <laughs> now what happened though, uh, was the first, like I, I told that joke, like the s- second or third time I told that joke mm-hmm. in a club. I go. I said two months salary, and a woman goes, "It's actually three months salary." Oh God! Uh, and and I and it was a woman sitting by herself, mm. and so improvised in the moment. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, I, three months salary says the woman sitting by herself <laughs> with no guy around here at all. Right. It killed. And then, and then, so now that I've kind of, they know that I've improvised that in that moment. Yeah. So now when I say, I mean, even two months salary is a lot. Like I'm going to spend 300 bucks. Now it sounds like I, they can't tell if maybe that was the joke or maybe uh, it was a right. riff into that, you know? But then like I had this whole like um, kind of lonely person trying to get married material. Mm. But because she kind of outed herself as that it yeah. seems all like it's stemmed from her doing that right, right. so it, it was i was able to fake and like i it was like the first it was the first way i was able to like sort of like it was the best opener i i, I like it was the, it was my best opener early on in, in clubs because um it just felt like me riffing for mm-hmm. like five minutes straight yeah but they were just because like oh it, it, so, but what what kept happening though was almost every time I said two months salary, a woman would yell three months salary. All, like, and they're always alone. <laughs> yeah, well, if they they weren't alone, like one time, uh, I think the next time, I think it happened again the next night. Uh-huh. The next night, and I and she was she wasn't alone, but it was only women with her. There was no men with her, you yeah. know. So I was like, oh, it's the woman who doesn't <laughs> has no men around her at all, you right, know. Right. And then uh, the third time it happened, uh, I looked at this guy. I was like, did you know that other? Uh, he's, oh, you guys aren't together, of course, because she wants through. I was able was able to riff on that moment of making her look. 
look right you know being like you know you, you're 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 a little too demanding if you're asking for three months and the improvised joke got a bigger laugh than the thing you wrote. always yeah. always because they thought it was off the cuff yeah. and and uh and so and then this all seems and i was able to just kind of segue into my material from that make that all seem and that chunk just got way more laughs that I'd have been doing before that at all had happened. Yeah. It, it did fine, but it all got bigger laughs after that organic moment where people thought it was... I remember that moment where I was able to free myself from a set list and just have chunks of bits in my head mm-hmm. and just go up with like an opener idea, you know, and then kind of just see what happens. It's, it's, it's so liberating. It is. It's. Uh, I feel like that's some of the most fun I've had on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, doing improv... Uh, some of my most fun I've ever had on stage is doing like improv with improv groups and stuff like right. that. You know, it's just it, it is. It's it's well, when you surprise yourself. Yeah. Like, wow, I didn't know I had that in me to make a joke like that or perform like that or or make people laugh in that way. I think That's the difference boring. is it's it's the difference between like if stand up comedy mm-hmm. is is this is a terrible example, but stand up <laughs> comedy is like. Uh, like maybe like killing a bear with a uh, a high you know uh, velocity rifle that you've assembled together and polished and 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 you know put together yourself and like real quality know, weapon yeah and then you've 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 honed this thing you've you've you you know you've tuned it you've got it you got the scope everything perfect you've been working on for years but improv is killing a bear with your bare hands you know like just like just, mm-hmm. it's just you and nothing else not, no premeditated machine or device just fucking so uh, you have respect for improv i love improv i love making fun of it like none other a Uh, lot of stand-ups love to make fun of improv i make fun of stand-up i make fun of it all you know (laughs) i mean i think improv's stupid i think stand-up's stupid i think they're super fun i think they're great i think honestly i think the funny i think the best improv in the world Mm -hmm. and people will hate me for saying this is better than the best stand-up i'll fucking say it i the the, but i will say the worst improv in the world is so worse than the worst stand-up in the world (laughs) i mean like the worst stand-up in the world you know like the best the best improv in the world is just a little bit better than the best the best improv is just a little bit better than the best stand-up just because like there's just things that i've like I've never, like, uh, I, there's improv shows that I've, like, tried to tell people about and spent, like, 20 minutes trying to explain to them what what happened in this show, you know? I've never right, done that. Because they didn't get it? or Just because I'd be like, well, this thing happened and this thing happened, and then, you know, like, it was oh, just... Okay. They weren't there. They weren't there. Right, right. 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 No, yeah, now he's explaining to the guy <laughs> next to me. I don't know what is it. <laughs> okay, they're, they're making it all up. That's what it is. They're, they, they're not, there's no objects. They're pretending objects are there. And he's not really Mexican. That's just a really racist accent he's decided to do. Uh, yeah. Even though it's a guy, he's pretending <laughs> to be a girl. Yeah. You got it? You get it? Okay, they, they don't change the clothes. You just have to go along. Just go along. Well, you've pretended before, you know? He didn't uh, even change it. <laughs> yeah, the produ- I remember when I was in uh, college, my uh, my manager said that his wife, uh, they were watching Whose Line Is It Anyway, uh, and he was dying, and he thought it was the best show, and she hated it, and he wanted to watch it every week, every week. And for like the third or fourth week, she goes, why do you like this show so much? Yeah. It is literally the stupidest thing I've ever seen on TV. And he goes, you do know this is all improvised. They're all making it up. Right. And she didn't, she was from... She was from somewhere else. She was like from like, like she was from uh, South Africa or something like that. I, there was just a disconnect. Well, that's between why the American audience. Co- that's why the audience needs to know. Like at my show where we have improv and stand up, the host needs to tell them. All right, this is improv. Right. We're making it up so people could understand because it's like the audience 
when a stand-up gets up there, the audience kind of folds their arms like, oh, you think you're going to make me laugh? Mm-hmm. But when an improv group gets up there, it's like, oh, my God, I'm nervous for them. This is going to oh, yeah. go horribly it's wrong. It's way more nerve-wracking to yeah. watch uh, improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I, it, it, and plus, it's like then you, you give them a little permission to fail, too. You know, Absolutely. there's not as much pressure to be funny right out of the gates. That's what's so funny about her thinking that stand up that uh, whose line is it anyway, was that they just wrote this show where it's a guy comes worst. out with a big comb and then makes, hey, look, it's like a look, it's like a mustache. <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> sketch show on TV <laughs> it's ever. Terri- <laughs> like, if you, yeah, it, that is a terrible sketch. And, but once she realized it was improvised, it was her favorite show. Right. Right. Um, and that's also a show where they probably taped so many improv and then just yeah. picked the best of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And plus, they, plus, that's not even real improv. It's it's it, there's a right. gimmick. It, yeah, you know, it's, like it's more short form. It's short form. It's hard. Form. It's hard to fuck up. Yeah, you know, because you have it's you have this device of like now do it backwards and just right. doing anything backwards is funny looking. Right. Or, uh, whereas like real improv, uh, where it's just you know the characters in the moment and everything like that is uh, or long form that that gets away from the herald and kind of mm-hmm. comes up with a form in its own self. Mm-hmm. You know, Which, did you like study at UCB or anything? Not UCB. Uh, uh, I worked for. Uh, I was on like, I don't know, so, uh, ton, tons of improv teams in, in Chicago. Tons of teams on did improv start? Olympic annoyance. I worked for Second City. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, did you start with improv before stand-up? I did improv uh, in college on, a, on like a short form type group, mm-hmm. and then uh, I did that years before I even tried stand-up. See, I could tell because it informs your stand-up. I, you know what? I guess, but I also just, it, I think also just by the luck of the draw of what came my way. It, well, there was no stand-up in. I, I went to Mizzou. There was no stand-up there. There was no. <laughs> there was an, my roommate was. Uh, he is a guy who did comedy sports in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. and. He, uh, he, he, he was friends with a guy with the, like the committee of the university of Missouri. And the guy was like, Hey, will you, we think about, we don't have an improv group at our university. Like we're, we're like one of the only colleges that doesn't have an improv group. You worked for comedy sports. Would you want to, Nice. And he was like, sure. And so, and I was his roommate and he was like, Hey Nick, would you want to be on this improv group? And I'm like, <laughs> <coughs> just, just blowing a tube and that, you know, like, yeah, why not, man? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, of course, if, if that phone call was like, hey, we're starting a stand-up club, would you want to be... I would have said, sure. I would, yeah, whatever it was, you know? We're starting a club. chapter of the KKK. I, yeah, all right. Yeah, I got time, man. I'll, you know. Hey, Nick, want to join ISIS? <laughs> yeah, I got time. I got weekends free. Do they do weekends? <laughs> Can I do bits? Do you care if I do bits? Is that all? I'm guessing, though, just knowing you, the small amount that I do, um, that's, that's who you are as a person. Improv right. works for you. Stand up in your style works for you. Fits my that, personality. That's who you are. You've probably yeah. always just been riffing and having fun yeah. with interactions and human language your I, whole life. I think uh, possibly doing the improv helped me uh, get to that point in stand up faster. You know, like yeah. uh, that version of me. Uh, that's Trusting a yourself. More rid- like it was so weird when I got to New York. People like people were like, "You do a lot of act outs." That's and, so and I never heard that term before. Yeah, I go what? He goes, yeah, you do a lot of act outs. And I was, you do a lot of act outs. I go, act outs? What do you? It's it was so weird. You mean move my arms? <laughs> yeah, you mean uh, try? <laughs> you mean not phone it in? So much stand up, I feel, uh, is uh, people. It's not them being who they think they are. It's them watching other people doing what they think you're supposed to do. Yeah, well, especially uh, in New York, I find that standing still and talking is like very New York. Just stands very still. 
well and keep it very subdued. And in why, I wonder if that is, I, for some people, that is who they are, you know? Yeah. That's who Todd Berry is. Mm-hmm. You know, Todd right. Berry is, you know, one of the funniest dudes out there. But, you know, it doesn't, he doesn't need to be jumping and moving around, you right, know? It right. worked for him best just to kind of sit there. But, like, I see so many things that people do that I'm like, did, did you... Was it your idea to get out a set list and look at it while you were up there, or did you see ten other guys do it first? And you that right. you thought it was. Did you decide to go? Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Or did you see ten other guys do that? Then you thought that's something you should do. I you know I I think with the guys that like you, it's it's great watching comedians as they evolve and sort mm-hmm. of fall into who they are, and they become less of like. Open mics, you see a lot of just it's just they're just trying to figure out. You know, first of all, you're just they're just trying to figure out how to. Get, comfortable talking in that way that's an odd dynamic but wouldn't it be smarter to make the decision to stand out rather than to be alike yeah i everyone's got their it's a braver uh, battle you know like Mm. some people some people like the fucking talking to people that is not the problem they just got to figure out jokes right you know (laughs) and some people got jokes uh but they have no stage presence at all Mm. you know like it's everyone kind of everyone has their own battle of what they figure out it's i guess it's easier said than done how long did it take you to figure out what you do, where you felt comfortable. I mean, maybe I'm still figuring it out, you know, like... That's a good uh, answer. <laughs> uh, hopefully it gets closer, closer uh, all the time. Um, but I you definitely, gotta... there's a change. If you watch, like, old tapes of me, it's uh-huh. probably, like... Um, I think I did this... I had this idea early on that, like, st- always start with, like, a... Um, kind of start very... I always... I used to do a thing where I... So my, I guess maybe my battle uh-huh. was just like trying to get into it, which I still, no one ever, you know, I think CK oh, even said, yeah, it's yeah. just hard to, it's just awkward to just start talking to a hundred thousand yeah. people if you're CK or 10 people in a, you know, But Brian Regan says he just jumps right into it. Which is great. Yeah. yeah so many guys do that. It's like, why not? Mm-hmm. Wait, what is, what are we waiting for? We all know we're here for a show. Yeah, go. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hate, I hate when guys hem and haw, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like a minute and a half before they even like try to do anything. It's like, I, I, quit asking the audience how they're doing. They're doing fine. Right. <laughs> I, I the, 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 the comic before checked in with Yes. Them. Right. right. They're so yeah. sick of telling you. It's work. It does. It literally works against you at some point to ask an audience how, to tell them to give it up again or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, They've just clapped for you. They don't yeah. need to clap for the host now. Wait, yeah. Just go ahead and get into it. We, we, we got nothing. We got nothing left to give up. You know, we, we gave it all up. Um, and chances are, if they weren't okay, they wouldn't be there. They'd be addressing whatever right. was going wrong in their lives. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Dan's bleeding. <laughs> we need a medic over here. There goes my set. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Can we talk about this thing of uh, you walking around uh, speaking out loud? I think, like, uh, uh, first of all, I had, like, a weird OCD thing for a very long time where I never wrote anything down Uh. for, like, years. And then one day I thought of a joke, and then I realized it was a joke I had thought of a few years before but forgot about it because I never wrote it down. And I was like, what other jokes am I forgetting? Mm -hmm. Because I just felt, felt, I think my OCD was, like, if I put it on paper, then it would, something bad you know, it would be a negative energy of like, like you would take the power out of it or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. You know, I think there might be a little bit of logic to it in that, like, um, you know, like a thought from where it grew is better as opposed to like putting it down on paper, then later reading it on paper and reading what it is on paper as opposed to like 
uh, reading it as it is in your in thought, your mind, you know, yeah. but you just have to try to remember the way that it was. But as a pot smoker, yeah. you can't trust your memory. I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you can't, you know, yeah. You're like screwed thinking you're going to remember all this shit, you know? No, nowadays, like no matter how lazy I am, if I have an idea, I just really try and write it down. Cause you I got her. And sometimes you're like in mid conversation and like, you, Oh man, I, I, I was super high the other day. Uh, my phone was dead, so I couldn't type it, uh-huh. and I didn't have pen and paper on me, and I was like a party or a bar or something. And You're I just repeating it over and over. I was like trying to talk to people, but remember this thing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, saying that, yeah, yeah. yeah. meatloaf dildo, meatloaf dildo, meatloaf dildo, <laughs> and like, uh, and then like Nick, why are you mumbling to yourself while I'm talking, huh? Meatloaf dildo. I see that. Very nice to meet you, Miss. Uh, you're the mom of the person I'm taking meatloaf dildo from. Me- I, um, Nick, would you like something to eat? Yes, meatloaf dildo. Meatloaf dildo. dildo. <laughs> Did you just order the worst food and call me a dildo? Uh, it, yeah, and I and I and, and after like ten minutes, I forgot it. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Right. It was like, you know, it was like multitasking. I couldn't be. I couldn't talk to people, remember the thing, and be high all at the same time. Yeah. And I was so mad. I was like, this is why I got to charge my phone, you know, right. like uh, or bring or, or, or bring pen and paper for God's sake. Yeah, some people um, think that if the if the idea is that good, you'll just remember it. Tom yeah. Petty supposed, Tom Petty supposedly never wrote down any of his songs. Really. He'd have an idea for a song and he'd be like, eh, if I don't remember, it wasn't good. I guess. Jay Leno would say the same thing. Too. Really? Yeah. Huh. You know, I like, totally like disagree with that. Right. Well, no, it doesn't work for me. I got to write it down. I'm sure it worked for them. You know, uh, mm. also, I mean, Tom Petty was very, very prolific, but like, remember, how many songs are in his catalog? 30, 40, 50? Tom Petty? Yeah. I don't know. Probably hundreds. He's got, Does he have hundreds? He's got like... He's got the Traveling Wilbur. 13, 15 albums out probably. Right? Does he really? Yeah, I think probably. so, yeah. I don't know. I, but, I was, was going to say like, remembering your one line. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, there's only 10 songs. There's only like 16 songs on an album. Right. Uh, as opposed to a comedy album is like 300 jokes on. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like there's yeah. a lot. It's a lot... I mean, also, if I was writing Tom Petty songs, I who forgets uh, Last Chance of Mary Jane? You know, <laughs> who's who's gonna forget Free Falling? How many hits did he forget? Even <laughs> right, right. W- yeah. What happened to his meatloaf dildo? Right, right. <laughs> it was. Petty. It just wasn't catchy enough. If all my if meatloaf dildo was a catchy tune, there's no way I'd forget meatloaf dildo. You know, that was his song before Free Falling. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one he forgot. <laughs> Um, so I think wait, you, I, yeah, you, so, so as you're walking around, you're speaking think, out loud. I think what I like, like for instance, like this is this is one I wrote down recently. Sometimes it's just walk around and just kind of like you know. Sometimes it's get high, walk around. Sometimes it's kind of walk around. I think it's best served to have a couple of things to to think. What are the things I want to talk out? Like subjects. Know? So here's a couple of them. Like uh, you know, what was one? Here's like here's one. Is the li- the live girls one? The live girls one was like something I kind of riffed the, like the other night, and then so I was like live. The idea, so I just kind of walked walked around and be like live girls. The idea of live girls mm-hmm. outside of like you know, and this is what I do: just kind of walk down and, and be like, uh, what I do is it like, okay, let's say I'm walking on stage right now. Uh huh. How would I do this? Right. You know. And so, and sometimes I'll time it too, you know, wow. uh, I don't time it as much as I used to. Cause I, cause I, I think, and this is where veterans get lazy uh-huh. because I have the luxury of more stage time than I did when I was not doing like headlining a club, you know, five times in a weekend, you mm-hmm. know, when I only had like, uh, four shows of seven minutes, I was a lot more 
you know, yeah. tight on my, on my, uh, especially like an open mic, like a uh, two minute open mic. I love you. You, you give a comedian two minutes, mm-hmm. he gives you two minutes of comedy. You give him 45 minutes, he gives you about 22 minutes of comedy. Right. You know, like. It's uh, a much looser affair. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I'm not as worried about the time as I used to be, but, um, but sometimes I would time it and try to get like. So it'd be like, all right, so like live girls, like, you know, hey, you guys ever see live girls? They, they have uh, outside, like, what is it, you know, what is, what is, you know, of course, the, why don't they say naked girls, you know, like, why are these live girls? Like, they're just like these, you know, like, it's some sort of like the worst carnival in the world, you know, like, like step right up and see a living, genuine human lady, folks. That's right. That's right. You've seen the bearded man. You've seen the wobbly toddler. That's right. We have on exhibition for your uh, watching pleasure, a real, just like you would find in the wild, a actual alive human lady, folks. Now it sounds like a zoo and a carnival. Yeah. It's like, like a shitty zoo. Like, yeah. so, oh. Uh, maybe I'll get there when they're feeding them, you know, and like. So speaking it out loud breaks that because it's such a thick wall. It seems so thin, but it is such a thick wall between thinking and speaking. You're gonna say it out loud anyway. Again, this is what works for me. This doesn't work for everybody, but like you're gonna I think say this it, is gonna work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're gonna say it out loud anyway, why are you saying it out loud? For the first time in front of other people, you right. know, you know, you're not going to say the most economical, concise version of it the first time it comes out of your mouth, yep. you know. So like, and I also shower right too, where I stand in the shower and kind of talk it out, you mm-hmm, know. Right. But then I'm like, I'm, you know, but so then I'll kind of say it, and then I'll kind of like get through all the ideas of it, and then I'll be like, okay, well, what? Let's see, um, what was it? What was the first thing I said there? I said something about lie, oh, n- nude girls. Maybe I don't need the part where i mention it needs to be nude girls that doesn't really add anything to it so you, you are still thinking, get what it is yeah. there's no real joke there bouncing ideas off yourself sort of yeah. yeah and you're trying to find like the most you know and then if i have like what i when i used to really time is because like i used to do this like open mic in chicago the lion's den mm-hmm. uh it was this fucking great mic and you would like three and a half minutes every week, Mm -hmm. three and a half, four minutes. And, uh, you know, and I tried to, uh, you know, I, I would want to get, I want to do all the jokes I'd want to do that Mm -hmm. week, you know? So I would like try to get that. If I was doing live girls, I'd try to get it down. Like, like, let's say my whole chunk is, ah, it's at five minutes. Okay, maybe I can cut 30 seconds off of the live girls joke and cut 30 seconds off of this, like, you know, uber pooper joke, you know, right. or like... Because uh, you're thinking about the economy of the word. Yeah. Every word counts. Keep Every it concise. Counts. I can't get all the jokes in if if, if, if I'm not mindful of that, you right. know? And then, and then there's kind of that... But then sometimes you talk it out and you just kind of let it go because you're a lot more, especially early on, you're a lot more um, loose talking to yourself than you are in front of you know, mm-hmm. uh, other people. So then it's just like, you know, so then they kind of talk it out and you see, well, you know, very, especially the first time I talk about it, I try to see what's the most amount of, and a lot of people do this on stage, you know, they just go, they, the first time they talk about something on stage, they talk about every aspect of it right. the whole time. Yeah. And then for, they work backwards to get it Whittle as it down. as possible. And then again, I, I'd rather just for me, I'd rather do that when no one else is around. <laughs> You know, and whittle it from seven to five. So so people get the four-minute version of it instead of the seven. You know, sometimes you're like, you kind of riff a whole thing. You're like, that was like a minute and a half, and there's nothing really there, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then, or, you know, then it's like the, the, oh, but what if, you know, and then you try to see how, take one idea of it and, and see, like. Where that goes. Riff it again. I, 
riff it again, and then it's kind of like, you know, step right up, and he's like, uh, step right up, wow! Oh, wait, who's this guy, you know? You know, he's like, oh, man, he's the little boy outside of the carnival. He's like, wow, live girls, huh? Oh, I always want to see a live girl before, oh, man. I've never seen one. I've seen them in pictures, but, uh, you know. That's interesting. So you're exploring all the different sides of it, all the different yeah. spectators, the people involved. Figure I'm, out what's worth going down, what's worth not yeah. going down. Yeah. You ever toy with the different uh, emotions or inflections of it? Like, you could be excited about live girls, and then you could be sad about live girls. Or oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I think so, definitely. Mm -hmm. Depending on what the subject matter is, I think you're. In, I think you. I think you don't. Uh, you initially. I like trying everything. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it? Uh, yeah, there was. What was one? There's a bit recently that I was trying to like figure out. Um, talking about somebody wrote all Muslim Americans need to go back. Mm -hmm. And so the bit is, is like, okay, you, you know, Muhammad Ali's Muslim American, you, mm -hmm. you're going to go down and tell him he needs to go back. And he's like, go back where? Mm -hmm. And I think you're from Louisville. Is that right? And so, <laughs> but I'm trying, I even, I even still try to figure out I, I, initially it was like, yeah, go back to Louisville with all the, all, all the other Muslim Americans. <laughs> but now I'm sort of like, or is it, uh, go back to Louisville with right. all the other Muslim Americans, you right. know, like, that is it, of... is it angry or is it kind of just as confused? It, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think you got to play with like the, the, uh, the comic idea is that somebody thinks all Muslim Americans are from Louisville. Right. Uh, what's the best way to do? I actually doing it a couple of times. I feel like the, the second version, people clam up on the first one because they mm -hmm. think they, they feel like they're like, is he? really making fun of muslim americans right, right. but like when i'm less more innocent they they're prone to laugh to it a little bit more because mm -hmm. it's not as aggressive i guess or i don't if know it's too real audience like oh it's too yeah. real yeah it's definitely sillier to be like go back there with all the other ones right, you know right, right. as opposed to like go back to there with all the other ones you know like <laughs> um i guess sometimes i i like adding silly you know talking about like i i i touch on maybe some more real political type stuff nowadays more than I used to, but I still think you need to like, I at least feel like I got to fucking put a silliness into it. Otherwise people are going to be like, Hey man, come on, we're here to laugh and, right. and forget about all this shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, now touring around, do you find different audiences are, uh, expecting or wanting different things? I think, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I don't even think it's a context of region as, mm -hmm. as opposed to venue. You know, I think okay. a comedy club audience has uh, has a different expectation as one in a rock club or a black box theater or you know, some uh, comedy collective that, you know, has built up uh, a, a bunch of liberals. Yeah. A bunch of <laughs> liberal, hipster, granola mustache wearing. This is where I do all my vegan jokes. Yeah. 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 I talk about comic books and why why the right is wrong. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, you know, so it's more about venue than region. I think it definitely is. Mm -hmm. I, Salt Lake City, uh, I had this Christian chunk that they, that it, it, it hit harder. In, in in Salt Lake City than it hit anywhere else in the country. Interesting. Uh, I just last week I was in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and I had this like kind of the the bit is basically like the bit is sort of like it's it's sort of saying it's kind of like it's kind of pro Muslim president. Uh -huh. Not so much pro Muslim president as it is uh, just the idea of like America is this place that. Anybody can become anything, mm -hmm. and and 
more and more we're kind of being like, yeah, but not these people for this job and not that people for that job. And just just the sentiment. I understand what drives the sentiment of a Muslim shouldn't become president. Mm -hmm. But I also disagree with just that blanketed statement, you know, because that's good for comedy because you're seeing both sides of it. Just. Yeah. And I was like and I was like, they're not. They're not going to be on board with this. <laughs> there should be a Muslim president. Because, you know, but I take it from that point. I was like, that would totally mess with the terrorists. You know, they would get super confused because right, we say right. that we accept Muslims. And uh, and that, uh, you know, and, and plus, if you know, I, I, I just kind of, you know, for, you know, for comedic, re- for comedic reasons, bring up the idea of like, what if this is what happened would happen if we, you know, right. uh, and, uh, and also just to kind of hit home, like, you, you know, you guys are so, these people are so against, don't take away the second amendment, but then, uh, you got to honor the second amendment, but then they don't honor the idea that we, that anybody can become anything in America. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were built on, you know, and then it ends with this whole like thing of like, just, you know, like we, sh- I would love a, a woman Republican Muslim candidate that's Asian and has a British accent. Like, cause that could prove that anybody could become anything in our country. As long as she's hot. As long, yeah, as long as she's like, got a sweet pair of knees. <laughs> um, but that, 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 that part right there hit harder than it ever had in any uh-huh. like liberal New York City Williamsburg show, you know, like it, I couldn't. I was like, yeah. it made me so happy that I was like, oh yeah, it's not like a regional. It's not like the South is this or these these tiny cities or that or mm-hmm. you know. It's like that. They, they they they. It was amazing that they accepted. That's the whole bit. They were on board with this idea. Like yes, we 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 shouldn't just be like. We shouldn't ruin, uh, you know, this this new Red Scare, this new Salem Witch Trial, you know, of that, like, every type of person is a bad thing. And they are on board of, a, anybody can become anything. Yay! Well, wherever you go, especially a place like Salt Lake City, where it's so Mormon and so religious, yeah. you're going to find just as many people, not just as many, but a really, like, strong fraction of people that are so anti that. Yeah, because they're 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 the most fed up about it because they yeah. are literally bumping elbows with these people, not yeah. just reading about them. That's why there's like a big punk scene out of there. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to rebel against that whole thing. Yeah, it's like Japan has some of the craziest radical things because it's kind of a repressed culture. Right. I'm waiting. That's what I'm waiting for China to like. You know, like. Some weird art got to like, I think there's got to be some sort of humor there. I don't know. I don't know too much. I'm waiting for like a really well-made product. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just like a really like, like some sweet (laughs) shoes that just like don't fall apart. Real quality care stuff. Well, I think always art and especially comedy always comes out of things like that where like, you know, British humor comes Mm. out of because they're so proper. And the same thing right. happened with Japan because they were so proper and they were the wackiest. They're like, oh, right. British people are wacky. We're going to be super wacky and exactly. in multiple colors. And Brit- we're going to be very improper and wrong. <laughs> it, it, it seems like an old... Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's against... The more proper it is, the more silly it is to yeah, go against so, yeah. that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The... the, the um, uh, you know, I, I don't know too much about China, like the history of their comedic entertainment you know but i feel like i've what i've read about it it's it's very old uh-huh. it's like it's almost like like if if america vaudeville never changed and but the vaudeville started in uh 1200 and so i don't know i i i gotta i gotta since there were comedians yeah but there's not like a, um there's not like a bill hicks of 
China. You yeah. know, like I'm I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm waiting <laughs> right. for like that's what I'm. Which maybe there is, and I don't know enough about it. Uh, but you're, it's so repressed. You, that has to make a pearl or you know it has to you know turn yeah. a diamond like that mm-hmm. that pressure of like just it's hard to imagine chinese comedy it is <laughs> it, it really is. is yeah um yeah what is it i guess in nick, Japan- maybe nick maybe you should just bill yourself as the chinese bill hit <laughs> <laughs> just get really high <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> like bill hicks they were like people only got him in england you know like right, right. yeah I, they only get me in china man i don't know what it is it's, and it's only because they think i'm an idiot they don't know what i'm talking about They're like look at this balding weird white guy just dancing around look at all the act outs he does <laughs> he's funny looking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're just throwing just squid at me uh, or whatever thing they throw out there i don't know if they have tomatoes so no, you don't have to talk about this, but you're in a relationship, right? With another sure, yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, comedian. A comedian. And I've been in a relationship with another very serious artist. And what you, I would, you're in what I would call, what people would call a power couple. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Because uh, it's more compli- complicated we, when there's two artists. We can, uh, we can uh, squat about 300 pounds each. <laughs> uh, there's a, we work on our core a lot. Um, you know, dating a, there's a pro and a, I think the, you know, there's a, there's pros and cons of every relationship, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the pro of being in an artist relationship is at least, and I don't think every artist relationship would agree with me on this. Yeah. Uh, but at least there's like, at least they have a better chance of understanding certain, you know, obstacles, you know, that, that arise, you know, I feel like. You know, uh, my girlfriend understands when I have to go on the road better than past people that were like mad when I had to leave again. You know, right? She well, she can't be mad because she's gonna go on the road, and she can't be mad. I can't be mad at which. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. stupid. She just she, she can't did, be mad when she does receive that three hundred dollar engagement ring. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like I spent three. Weeks. It was a slow month. Most of it was would have been bigger, but been a lot on gas. Didn't didn't order the mega bus ticket in time. But then again, do you want to? Would you want to ever be with the girl that didn't want you to follow your dreams? Uh, artist, artist or not? Well, yeah, I mean. I uh, I don't think anybody does, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of guys and women probably do. Be with someone who doesn't follow their dreams, and so they, they or just they be give like, up right. on the dream. Yeah, or be like, all right, I won't go on the road. All right, I won't do it if it makes you unhappy. But what's weird to me though is that like this isn't even like a dream anymore. This is just sort of what I. It's did. an obligation. That's yeah, it sort you. of is. <laughs> like I, you know, I think about like you know every everybody everybody I think everyone thinks of quitting all the time. You know, I think that's just like, I don't care if you, you just, think, yeah, I do. I do. But what else are you going to do? That's why you don't quit, yeah. you know? But I think like, whether you're like a guy who just started out and you're a little discouraged, it's not going well, mm-hmm. or you're someone that like, is like doing arenas and being like, this isn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going right, to be. I right. think, you know, like, I think it's just, I think people, the idea of doing, I don't know. I think if you're always... I don't know. Maybe there's some people that are like, I love everything that's always happening. I love the lows and the lows and the highs and the highs. Um, Those people are either really mentally healthy or totally psychotic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thin line. But you, you, you're loving, I think loving the process is really important. Sure. But also like at this point, like I've put like, you know, it's like been like, 
There's no turning back now. I put like 13 now. years into it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That'd be like going to be a doctor for 13 years mm-hmm. and then being like, nah. I mean, you gotta kind of be a doctor, man. You know? I mean, right. if it's genuinely not making you happy, if it was... You know. uh, I put in uh, a lot of years as a musician, and now I'm just yeah. like... I kind of did almost all that i wanted to do with it and so this is why it's important to kind of question if this what you want to do you know like i I think i guess if you don't want to be you know i definitely know people that have have gone through like all of the lawyer stuff and then they come out from being a lawyer and they're like i want to be an ice cream man yeah (laughs) they do they you know they want to be an actor they want to be they want to do something else you know life is long you know it's uh sometimes it's very very feels very long (laughs) it's it it depends uh it's it's all in the timing of it i I heard i you know but i don't yeah it's like i i think sometimes when like because like you know people i've dated in the past are just sort of like you know like I don't want to stand in the way of your dream. I feel like I'm picking a dream over them. I'm kind of like, you wouldn't say, yeah, but it's also an occupation, you know? I mean, like, from uh, a practical perspective, from a practical perspective, like I, you know, there's certain thing, you know, I'm not like a guy that's not, like you said, I'm making all my money doing this. Mm -hmm. It is an occupation right now, you know? It's not like I'm still, like, working 14 jobs. Yeah, but you could... And trying and being and telling and never seeing my kids because I'm trying to, like, you know, do this thing. I'm kind of like... But isn't there a truth to it that you will always pick your comedy over your partner? No. No, I definitely have uh, picked my partner over comedy uh, often. Yeah, if, when, if when Louis C.K. was like, come on tour with me, we're going to tour for a year, and you won't see your partner for a year. Um, I don't know if I'd do that. Where is that, okay. where is that tour taking? Like, <laughs> yeah, space. China, yeah, where is this? <laughs> yeah. Louis C.K., is the, uh, he's the Bill Hicks of China. I heard. <laughs> you know, I had this, this happened before where I had, like, I, I had uh, something very important to someone I was you know, dating and some, mm-hmm. some really great opportunity. And I've, I've picked the fucking thing that was important. You so know? you do balance it. All right. That's you got, it's cause this is, it's all fucking stupid. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it. This all is just, it's just, it's not as important as we think it is. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the thing, you know, like I said, is like, if, if what I get, what I've got annoyed about is that like, you know, I don't want to stand away your dream type of talk. Mm-hmm. But if like, again, if I was like a teacher, you know, yeah. you wouldn't be like, I can't stand in the way of your dream of being a teacher. It's like, you, wait, what job? You're gonna have to right. deal with a guy having a job, no matter what the job is. Right. You know, what, what do you want? You love math more than yeah. me. It's like, no, I gotta <laughs> fucking make money somehow. You know, I went to math school for fucking 14 years. I did all the math mics. You know, I sacrificed for all this math. Took the math, took the eight week math intensive. You know, I got the stupid math graduation shirt. You know, I got all. You know, I can't just not do it. No matter. You know, it's like sometimes I, it's it's an ex- it's an excuse. I feel you have to find someone that wants to support you as a person, regardless. Of the, the the dream thing is an excuse sometimes. What would you rather have? What would you rather have a guy who works nine to five? You know, mm-hmm. or I was talking to this. Uh, I met these. Um, what was it? They were paramedics or something like that. I forget what they were, but they were some. They they do these twenty four hours or thirty six hour shifts. Right. Yeah. So they do, they work thirty six hours and then they're they're off a day. And then thirty six hours off mm-hmm. a day. Thirty six hours off a day. It's like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy who just you don't see for thirty six hours and then he's too exhausted? For the day, and it's right. thirty, and that's just your entire life forever. Or a guy who every other week is gone Thursday, leaves Thursday, comes back Sunday. Sure, and he's he's there 
twenty. You know, he's there twenty four seven for the weeks in between, yeah. and then uh, and then he's there. You know, half of Thursday and Sunday, all of Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, day night. That's you're getting more time from that guy than the paramedic. But they, you know, we yeah. would never be like, I can't date you. You're a paramedic, I, but you don't want to stand away of your dream. You have to deal with some sort Something. of schedule. There, uh, there is also. I mean, uh, when I and. When I was a musician, I was also dating a musician. So there's also that fear of like the walls closing in. So you being a comedian, dating a comedian, do you ever feel like when you're together, you just want to forget about comedy and I think, you can't? I think we're, uh, I, I think we're, we're good about it. Uh, Is it there's a times where your world feels small. Yeah. Is a thought that I've crossed my mind where I'm just like, uh, you know, like, you know, I, and I think when I feel like that, I I kind of make the effort to push conversations to other things, right? And, and I don't get any pushback from that. And mm-hmm. she enjoys talking about whatever we want to talk about, you know. And when she really wants to talk about comedy, I'll talk about it mm-hmm. with her, you know, if if because it's like something she wants to talk about, you know. Uh, I think we've been dated dating for for uh, uh, a few years now. I don't think how many more we've we've had a, we've talked a lot about comedy I'll there's bet. not sure. too, too much but there's still always you know uh, uh unfolding things to to, to kind of talk about and mm-hmm. stuff but yeah i mean sure i think at times where i was like if i was dating a botanist <laughs> we would be having a lot less comedy conversations it's but at the, at the same time though it's nice that i have somebody to talk about comedy with. right yeah that's you know it's is... like you can't have it's a, this is a, there's a plus and a minus for either way you yeah. know you're either like oh my world's small we never talk about botany because neither <laughs> one of you are a botanist you know <laughs> or uh you at least have somebody that like that uh, that understands that's like i was like but, you know that i don't know that transition like is it weird is it too heavy-handed that mm. i'm going back in the whole thing i didn't think it was you know right uh, well how, how how in depth do you want to get in with her like do you want to talk about your act with her or if you see each other do you it can be act it can be industry it could be show it could be the scene it could be you know bookers and projects i mean it it can be any myriad of things and sometimes yeah sometimes it feels like that's a lot of it it takes up a lot of what we're we're not what you know that's what would happen to me we'd get in a loop musician music stuff all the time yeah and we'd get in a loop and i'd be like oh my god i'm going crazy like can we we have to talk about something else right right yeah would she but did she agree though was she just sort of like you're right or would she like come on guitars what are they i think she would see it rationally (laughs) but maybe not emotionally Okay. You know, All right. Because yeah. you, you know, when you want to talk yeah. about something, you feel like, no, I have to right now. Right. Well, I, I don't think it's uncommon for people in a relationship to share the same occupation. I mean, for no, the internet, right. that people usually met at work. Well, it's yeah. just, I think, with music or comedy, you become more obsessive and you talk about it more. But it's also yeah. much harder, you know, and it takes, a, it's, 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 and there's also the idea of competition. You know, I ever feel like you're competing. We had, my situation we had moments where we're maybe competing against each other did you have like because i in, in comedy i feel like there's this constant like trying to figure it out you know improv conversations after the show you know mm-hmm. or like well, I, I felt like this move was a strong move because like and i never felt that before and i felt that and i think that really worked out you know and you're right, like right, right. you're trying to figure out okay that good show we had a great show first good show and three shows how can we recreate re, what, what, what was it about that mindset that can we can make that happen every time stand up oh this this set felt particular tight you know was it the audience was it was it the material itself or did i sort of deliver it in a certain way there's trying to crack the code in comedy is that they haven't does is that like a thing in music too where you're just like how do songs work 
Um, or I feel like in music, it's just sort of like if you come up with a good beat, you know, you got a good beat. Yeah, because you because you handle it all in rehearsal. Right, it's all worked out in rehearsal. So you're never like trying to crack music. Well, you are, but in rehearsal for the performance, it's so different than comedy. It's similar. It's very similar, but it's also different because you're right. just presenting it and you're hoping people come along. Right. With comedy, if you're presenting and it's not working, you're going to switch gears. Right. And make sure you're going to make sure they're coming along with you. If the audience, if you have like a like a show you're not wild about, like you genuinely, but with five songs that like people love every time. You genuinely know it's the audience's fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, they're just not into it. But you right. can't stop the song and grab them right. by the scruff. And <laughs> that's so funny. Just like kind of like bail in the middle of a song and riff a song real quick. Or... Yeah, I mean that's what I would do because I was a singer. I'd I'd you know talk to the audience in between, try to get them back on board. Right. You know. How much of uh, that informed your standup? Oh, a lot. Like I, once I started stand up, I didn't really have stage fright or any of that or yeah. microphone problems. You know. How much do BC you don't do as much music anymore? No, I still play, but I don't perform out so much. How much overlap between stand up and that? There well, had to have been like so much. Like I'm such a stage horror. When I was like in Chicago, mm-hmm. like I just did every everything every every moment to, to oh, be on stage oh, like, or try to do yeah, so, like yeah, yeah. was there a time where you're just like st- music comedy music comedy whatever i can do to, to, to get on stage very few months but um comedy as you know it's so easy to get on stage so i'd rather just focus on that that is the beauty of stand-up over improv because improv you gotta get a, get a bunch of people others. to get to rely on others <laughs> you gotta pay a coach you gotta rent a room you know or you gotta book a either get booked at a place or it's just so much. We're an open mic. You can just think of a show joke up. earlier in the day and show up. And yeah. You got to sit through a bunch of people and watch a bunch of cum jokes. and That's the hard part. Finger blasting material. <laughs> and, uh, cum! Why won't people talk about cum ever? <laughs> Why do we think cum is so hilarious? But that, that, that idea of you guys, of you and uh, your partner talking about you know, like deconstructing, that's kind of like what you would do in a relationship also. It's kind of good practice. Yeah. And, like, you're right, too. People are going to talk about that whatever, you know? Two doctors, two mm-hmm. cops. Can we not talk about the case? This case is going to go cold. Oh, <laughs> imagine two cops. That would be really... really and all they talk about is, like, police force stuff? Yes, that would make, make me crazy. The other thing about it is that, like, I, you know, to say that you're... To say that, like, oh, we have a unique plight in, in, in what we do, in, 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 you know, in something that's so just, you know... Uh, has so much it revolves around so much joy to say that that is even a plight by any means is 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 offensive i'd say but you know but uh, you know i don't know how much you can talk about the morgue with your mortician wife you know or like you know cop stuff probably probably gets kind of a it's it's bummer subject matter probably a lot of it but i think the difference is with stand-up is that you're pulling yourself out of yourself and you're watching yourself objectively where where you're a cop you're just thinking about the case and actual stuff but do you think we talk about it more because it's joyful but if we if it brought us down more we wouldn't talk about it as much you know do you think obama right. wants to talk about you know isis every time he comes home to michelle exactly or is he kind of like let's fucking watch house of cards and probably wants to do that and have yeah. a lot of sex Tons. Tons of that sweet, sweet Oval Office. I want to do it in the Oval Office. I do the worst Obama impression. I'm Obama. Comedy is elusive. So, so of course, you're going to be obsessed about it. You're going to be talking about it all the time. You're going to want to bounce stuff off of, you know, especially if your girlfriend does see your set. 
if she's there, you right. can say, what was that like? You yeah. know, why, why was that not working? Do you ask each other for feedback? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> sort of. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I, uh, I, I'll ask her when I want to know. And she'll ask me when she wants to know. You so know? you don't offer it without asking. I, I feel like I don't offer as much as I used to because I don't I don't want to offer unsolicited advice. Right. I think sometimes um, I think sometimes uh, you you just it's best if you just. <laughs> I, I'm Doctor Phil, and sometimes it's best just to listen. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. sometimes it's just better to be a soundboard and like, I've kind of realized that like, I don't think she wants fixing. And yeah. She <laughs> yes. just kind of wants to vent about this thing. I learned this from my high school girlfriend. She told me straight up. She's like, Gary, don't try and fix this. Just listen and give me a hug. Yeah. You know? I think that sometimes that's all it is. It's you the know, best thing I ever learned. Um, and, and I, I think conversely me too. Sometimes I just, you know, like I just want to just vent about whatever thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, uh, it's not that I don't want her advice, but some, you know, I think sometimes I would be like, like she would be very supportive, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, I don't want support. I want you to tell me why that, why that person in the audience would shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> like, what is it about people? What about, you know, and, or, or, you know, why is this bit not working? This bit doesn't fucking work. And, yeah. you know, and she'd be like, Oh, I thought it was funny. I'd be like, that doesn't help that you thought it was funny. They, right. they, the other people didn't think it was funny. How do I fucking make it work? You know, am I doing something and wrong? You're really is putting it, her on the spot. You know, yeah. And it's like, she's just being supportive. She's yeah. just saying, I liked it and, and just trying to make it feel better. So I can't be like, I can't like just, you'd be like, have the answer. Yeah, here, you know? take this boulder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or decide that I have the answer either, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, that's a universal thing, I think. You know, like it you is, said. Yeah. Just, 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 uh, yeah, listen and a hug. Now, when you tour, are you touring alone? Um, yeah, there's, we're hoping to have audiences next year, but for now, it's just <laughs> kind of me by myself, uh, wondering where everybody is and where I went wrong. Uh, touring is, uh, uh me and her, you know, we, we've done a couple things together. Oh, you have toured uh, together? Yeah, you know. That's cool. I, I'm not at a place to, um, bring an opener. Yeah, you know, just, I just, I'm just, you know, I'm, uh, most places, uh, I'm barely getting by mm -hmm. getting myself there, you yeah. know, and so to like, and a lot of places too, uh, so to bring an opener, they, they usually get local, local guys. We'll help fill the room. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So then, cause then, cause they don't, the club doesn't want to pay the travel for someone when they don't have to pay for the travel that someone lives there. They don't have to pay for the hotel, even though, yeah. she, you know, we wouldn't get two hotels, but like, but you know, it's, so it's cost effective to get somebody, you know, there's been scenarios where it's like a road trip and there's not really a local person and her and I can kind of drive down there. That's when it sort of works, you know? Right. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, see, that's what me and my partner did is that we always toured together, both our separate bands. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it was, it was very like practical, but it was also very impractical because we wouldn't get that local band support. Uh, you know, and that's the same thing too with the comic, a local comic. Help, yeah. You know, and it's good for networking, branching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I I, I also do a lot of touring, opening up for mm -hmm. uh, somebody else uh, who is drawing enough people that, mm -hmm. that he can afford to fly me out to wherever you know anything coming up like that um yeah what did I say someone someone should really take you on the road 
Yeah, bring me out there, man. Mm-hmm. Put me out. Uh, put me in a thing, and then I'll yell a bunch, and then like, <laughs> and then be weird at some points. Um, I do. I'm trying to think about. I got. I got shows. Yeah, I, I'm most excited about. I you know the the context of comedy. I just get very. I don't know. Touring right now can be frustrating. It's so stupid to be, fr- you know, so many people are like, oh my gosh, I would kill to right. not have my day job and to be able to tour, you right. know? And it's great. I'm very grateful for that, you know? But at the same time, though, it, it, when I waited tables for all those years, I like had this image of like, oh, I just, I believe in comedy so much and I just, I love comedy and I'm passionate about it. And, and the busboy was like, I would kill to be a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Like you don't know what it's like, man. And I'm just, I'm just like gazing at the bartender, <laughs> right? And he's just like, and he's just looking at a mannequin across the street. <laughs> oh, I'd love that job just to be a window wearer. Just put, put hats on me during the Christmas time. Motionless all day long. No dick. Oh, that's the lie for me. I think, um, I you know, it's it sucks to complain. I I, I have a weird thing where like you know, uh, it sucks to com. I want to say it sucks to complain about, you know, getting to have comedy be where all my income comes from. That's great. You know, not a lot of income, but mm-hmm. it's enough to get by. Uh, that's fine. Um, but like at the same time, there's these things that, 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 that happen in it that I want. I wish they would change, you know, mm-hmm. like and, what? And I don't know how uh, not talking about it helps that change, but I don't know how talking about it doesn't come off as me like complaining or not appreciating and being grateful for sure. stuff. Like, like for instance, I just I have a lot of issues with comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just. I don't think comedy club owners. I don't think they're. It's weird that that so many guys that are not passionate about comedy run comedy clubs. You know. Right. I wish it was a world where passionate people ran comedy. Mm-hmm. That, that just bothers me, you know? You wouldn't want a president who's not passionate about America yeah. to be a president. You wouldn't want a doctor who's not passionate about helping people to be your doctor. Why do these guys that just kind of don't, they just, I don't know if they were passionate at one point and then they're over it now or they're more in the celebrity of it or they're more in the who they know or they're, they think that their social status or their status in the scene is more important than putting on a good show. They probably I, were I, passionate about it at some point and then just gets, they got jaded like everybody else. It becomes a business. But yeah. some guys, there's guys that are still passionate about it. You know, like there are great clubs and there are people that like, are, they're excited. They're ex- when you show up, they're excited you're there. Right. You know, they're uh, they're excited to do the shows. They're ex- so they're just excited. You know, mm-hmm. there's some places that you just sort of feel like you're a big inconvenience by showing up. You know, and that you're just annoying them the whole time. And like, it just sucks. You know. Have you done any European touring yet? No. Okay. Is that all that is? Is there annoyed you're there? No, it's the total opposite. They love that you're there. Oh my God. They are such supporters of the arts. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's it's so stupid. I hear, yeah, I hear uh, a lot of that about, con- I hear Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. They lo- just love comedy up there. I think they have more free time and more appreciation for the arts in general. Well, it's those long nights they got. They need, they, <laughs> it's a lot of time to fill when the sun goes down. Uh, a lot yeah. of time for the devil's playground. Mm-hmm, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think, you know, like, I feel like the smaller towns in America, uh, the, as far as audiences go, I, those most, are the best most audiences. Excited, yeah. They're yeah. just, you know, you go to like Appleton, Wisconsin, and they mm. are just amped. They're mm-hmm. amped to, to go see a show. Yeah. Because I, I you know, I guess they would be, as opposed to you go to Las Vegas, 
that's a tough that's a tough a room because on. they're they're like we could be doing anything right now you know new york i think the same way i think new york is i think new york is is a, is is, is a t- can be a tough town because they're just like so much i could be doing on. anything right now prove to me why this is worth my time yeah or, or prove to me why i shouldn't even at least not look at my phone the entire time right, right. We they probably out. each of them probably have three co-workers that are doing stand-up as well uh, yeah i know i know <laughs> yeah why <laughs> they're obligated <laughs> we used to have some of the best shows in uh shepherdstown west virginia oh yeah yeah we'd go there and we, one time there was a kkk rally <clears throat> happening we're driving yeah. in, and there's just, like, Confederate flags and barbecues. And we're like, what the hell is going on? And then there's a KKK rally. But then we play the show, and there's, like, these just packed, just, like, hundreds of kids just so excited, signing autographs, just right. selling merch like it's like it's going out. You know? It's, That's great. Yeah. And you're like, where the hell am I? There's a KKK rally happening. <laughs> <laughs> really bizarre. I do a KK uh, K rally if they were excited about comedy, if they were passionate about comedy. <laughs> right. And then I could do all my. Then I could just get in there and do my Muslim president bit to try to see if. Because if it works in the KKK rally, you know it's going to work anywhere. Uh, try to get them to change. That is, the, I do think using humor to change people's life. That's the closest you're going to get to having someone be open to listening to your point of view is if mm-hmm. you make them laugh while you're saying your is point. that why you're doing comedy uh no not at all why are you doing comedy uh because uh i think because i have i have fun doing it mm-hmm. i had fun doing it <laughs> uh, I, uh, up until i asked that question yeah <laughs> now it just seems all just futile um no i think i Nick, always why do you get up in the morning <laughs> i just i wonder that every day i go to sleep i go oh god dude i'll get in tomorrow uh i just always you know i just always if i had to write an essay for a class i always just try to make it as funny as possible because that made the project bearable for me if Mm -hmm. i ever had to do a video project i tried to make it as funny as possible Mm -hmm. or i just always that was what's most for any version of work i had to ever do i mean that's why i did so bad because a lot of times in school because sometimes i uh i did a ridiculous version of it and they were like you're not taking this seriously and i was like but this is more fun though and it's better than whatever else is doing you know um and so and then i did uh and so then i i did the improv group uh and that was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. to do and then um well i go back and forth like before you get onto that i go back and forth between like social commentary is the most important thing as far as like you know pushing our civilization right or just total absurdity silliness is really the truth. Uh, I think, uh, uh, boy, uh, I have tons of opinions on that. Uh, you know, absurdity sort of does comment on everything. You it know, kind of cuts through it all sometimes. It, it, it can, right? you know, you you can be this comic that's like that's just like, well, here's how you're wrong, and you have all your facts of why the other people are wrong, and you right. always, and, and you're you're able to make a very good angry point. It's like Bill Maher versus Andy Kaufman banging on the drum, sort of, yeah, <laughs> and, and like yeah, Andy Kaufman, you know, Bill, you know, Bill Maher is saying, well, this is the reason that they should close their walls for this thing or open their walls or whatever his point of view is. I don't know, it's deal. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just know Andy Kindler hates him. <laughs> All I know is I shouldn't believe it because uh, all I know about Bill Maher is that he's wrong because I trust Andy Kindler over <laughs> over Bill Maher any day of the week. Well, he has uh, a different opinion than the majority, which is refreshing. Bill Maher, but, but I thought Bill Maher was like so liberal, but then he's like sort of he's more of a libertarian. I is would he sort say. of like racist in some of his things? Like, what is it that uh, I think it's because he's anti-religious, so he's just like they're all all you religious uh, people are crazy, right? Right. So he'll liberal be, but close-minded in okay. other ways. 
ways. I it's, so it's, it's more closed-minded yeah. than any, like, real stand. <laughs> Andy Kinler is my favorite. Uh, uh, with, um, Absurdity versus social commentary. So, like, the idea of, like, Bill Maher saying, well, I think, you know, we should get rid of all Muslims or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that's his opinion. I'm saying whatever is anti- whatever thing is and then mm-hmm. Kinler or then uh, uh, Andy Kaufman is just banging on the drums going it doesn't we're all it's all we're all gonna die one day it doesn't matter we right. just, this what why are we even here this is so ridiculous that we're even arguing about like that that in itself is uh, ridiculous I, I, I think absurdity that has so you can just say some guy could be like you know uh you know i think that uh you know the the you know greece should just you know uh get their own currency and deal their own thing and you could go banana mustache <laughs> and that's just <laughs> more yeah yeah it's all, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. uh but uh won't that reach more people though <laughs> it it will uh it it it, it, it so that in itself sort of comments on that it's all ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a, I think, if you have a nugget of uh, of of real, a, a nugget of what maybe you know some of these like Bill Maher, the subject matter Bill Maher types are talking about, mm-hmm. sort of in, injected or hidden inside the absurdity. Like there's a root of truth or a root of like something in there. Right. So it's not just absurd just for absurdity's sake. There's a, you know, um, then that's a little, that's, that's the more powerful, like, I feel like, you know, for example, you're, you're like, saying, you know, it exists, yeah. but here's this absurdity to undercut it. Like for instance, so you could say like, uh, people are on their cell phones all the time. I hate people on their cell phones. People on their cell phones should shut up. People stop looking <laughs> on their cell phones, you know? And then you could be, have a guy who's like, bananas, banana hat, you know? Yeah. Or you can go, or you do, or you can, you, there's a page where you go, you know what? I, I'm walking. This guy is on his banana. You know, he's just peeling his banana. I'm trying to talk to the guy. He's trying to peel his banana. I was at a show the other night. Just everyone just there on their banana all the time. You know, and like sometimes I had a banana, and then he's on one banana, and then he puts up another banana. He guy's on two bananas. Like how many bananas do you need? You know, he's got, you know, and this it's sort of you're talking about how everyone's on their phone, but you're being silly, absurd, and pointing right. out the ridiculous of it. Yes. You know, all the time. You know, uh, I think that's you know. That's was I think the most powerful absurdity. Mm. You know, I, I don't know. Well, it, your comedy does have both, which I love. It's it, it really does have both. You have total absurdity and a sure. lot of social commentary. And I, I don't. There's not. I don't think there's a better way mm-hmm. to do it. You know, I think some people will not. Um, they, they'll not uh, connect with what I'm doing as much because the something about the absurdity is a put off. I genuinely think older people aren't as into absurdity as younger people are. Sure. I think um, when you're young, uh, cartoons and, right. and pretend and all this stuff. And as you get older, you just want more substance to everything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Definitely and, want more substance. Yeah, yeah. And so like just the idea you know, of like just a banana hat makes a little kid laugh. It makes us laugh a little bit, you know, the, but the older you get, you're just kind of like, banana hat are you kidding me i've i've seen everyone i know die all right like i the dreams i dreamt never came to fruition yeah. it's just give me some substance of something to sort of just validate that but this you all can, happened you can't have it all you know you can like the simpsons kind of has something for everybody yeah i mean it's it's uh it's you know i think i i connect with people that do absurdity or real stuff in absurdity more just because it just fits with my personality mm-hmm. and uh but some people at a show of mine might connect with the ridiculous more and some people might connect with some of the absurdity mapped with real stuff a little mm-hmm. bit more and there's no 
one way to do it. I, I don't know what is out there that would have the most impact, you know? You know what you would love? Have you ever read John Lennon's book? Uh, the totally absurd one? That he wrote? Yeah. No. And he just, it's, it's, you can follow it like a story, but he replaces words just kind of like you were doing. Oh, yeah. Where it's totally absurd and gibberish. It's, yeah. It's like a Dada book, kind of. I thought, I, do we like John Lennon still? I, I do. He's not yeah. alive anymore. <laughs> I thought he did all these terrible things. I, 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 everything where he did all these terrible things. Yeah, everyone. I don't know. I separate the person from the artist or else yeah. you just, you know, everyone's an asshole. So you are still a Bill Cosby fan? I mm. never liked Bill Cosby. Still. <laughs> ah, good answer. Good save. Good yeah. save. I never. I've tried. I've tried. It's just boring to me. I never. Yeah. yeah I don't. I got to see him a year before that all went down. Uh, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I saw him before he died. So you're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. is dead now. The living dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did see him and he was great. He got. Uh, he was. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I. You know. It's. It's. That's tough to but, say that. But he was at that time and period before I knew any of this stuff happened. I went to see Bill Cosby and he was funny. But here's something I think about. Michael Jackson did terrible things. People love him. Again, yeah. Is it because he's just so good where you're just like, I'm not going to stop listening to Michael Jackson? It is. I I have the same. I wrestle with the same because I, I, you know, again, I never really cared for Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But you know what? And I was just like, and people were like, oh, that summer when he died. You know, just because everywhere you you had listened to to Billy Jean for all of August, you know, and I was just like, oh, well, someone from Led Zeppelin die already. I want to mix it up. But conversely, you know, they, there are some rumors of some nasty stuff that they might have been a part of, you know? Sure. Uh, and so I like, how do I, they're my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. So like there's allegations of a statutory, you know, or with a fish. Yeah. That whole weird thing, you know? Yes. And, and so I'm like, well, how do I justify, how can I get mad at, at, at people with Michael Jackson when I, I'm never not going to listen to Tangerine, you know, like if, uh, you know, if thank you comes on, I turn it up. I'm not going like, well, you know, that girl wasn't so thankful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, and you, you, you know what you do? And I think this is what Michael Jackson fans do. You go, well, there's uh, the Schrodinger's cat. Maybe it didn't happen, you know? And so yeah, you yeah. sort of, you sort of have to guess, be like, I guess it did. But it's happen. so annoying, especially like now with like, uh, stores getting in on politics. Oh, oh no, yeah. I can't go to Hobby Lobby. Now I can't have right. a Chick Fil A. That kind of thing. Like Hobby every, Lobby. Everywhere. By the way, Hobby Lobby. They should call it. They should call that place Jesus Christ Superstore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, that whole. Yeah. But also, there is like the. If you look into it, there, there's no reason to leave your room. If you leave your room. Uh, there's somebody that you don't care about that you're uh, stabbing in the back. You can't eat at KFC because they're cruel to chickens, all right? Uh, KFC is owned by uh, Pepsi, and so then uh, you can't have anything that Pepsi did. So you can't have Taco Bell. You can't have Pizza Hut. You can't eat at Papa John's uh, because uh, he had a sexual misconduct allegation towards some girl. And also, uh, instead of uh, getting his uh, employees health care, he fired the amount of people so they were uh, uh, underneath the amount of people mandatory to have health care. This is a, a, an allegation. But then the shoes we're wearing also. It's like the Sh- iPhones. Shares. Yeah, iPhones, everything. every single thing. Yeah. You, you, you can't... 
uh, Chick-fil-A, you can't eat there because of mm-hmm. their politics. It, it, it's, it, also, have you ever worked anywhere? <laughs> like, there, every place I've ever worked has been some sort of, like, nasty, I you think know, this is why Tom Petty on. wrote Jam in Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much. It is. It's too much, man. Even like, I was thinking about, uh, what was it? I was thinking about milk the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, you're supposed to, it's just all the, all the, the, the internet. If you listen to the internet, again, no, no reason, you can't leave your house. You're supposed to have, you're supposed to have seven glasses of water a day. Oh, God. Five, three glasses of juice, two glasses of wine, uh, uh, three glasses of milk. Really? Two glasses of wine? And a glass of, of coffee. Yeah. I'm down with some of those lists. <laughs> yeah. But you can't, you can't possibly, if you did that, you're not, there's, you're not, not, you're drinking every 40 minutes from the second you wake up in the morning. You mm-hmm. are drinking and peeing all day long. Yeah. If you do all the things that they say do. Also, milk, you're not supposed to have, uh, you know, homogenized milk and all that stuff that they, 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 they shoot up the cows and the milk with. That's bad for you. You're not supposed to have that. But then if you have organic milk, that's bad because they right. don't treat the cows right. And also, you're not supposed to drink it because you might get sick. That's the whole reason they put all that stuff in there. So then there's like milk alternatives. So you have like, you know, you could have like soy milk. But if you have soy milk, there's like too much estrogen in it. So like if you're a guy, you might like it increases your risks of cancer in women or tits and dudes you know See, so then you're a guy that has boobs and so then like what other milk do you have so then you have almond milk but then like almond milk is like you know the amount of water it takes to grow one almond and there's a drought right. in california so you're contributing to the drought if you drink almond milk and it's like you can't do it I just they're like what am i supposed to do like i don't know but you, you know better be drinking some milk <laughs> it makes you just want to bang on a drum and go no yeah, <laughs> yeah. Banana hat, banana hat, 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 banana hat. <laughs> and that's what everyone will relate to. Right? No, like, God <laughs> damn it. That's big. I, I read about the, uh, uh, I never, I'd heard of it, but I never like the, uh, the spaghetti monster, the religion of this, what is it called? The religion of the spaghetti monster? I don't the know. The flying spaghetti monster? Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of an atheist driven group, but they uh, just sort of like counteract all these like religious things. Uh-huh. They say that, uh, like in 2005, this guy came out and was like, they're the I'm I'm paraphrasing here. They're the religious order of the flying spaghetti monster or something like that. <laughs> but this woman just this past week just got a spaghetti strainer on her head and her driver's license photo because uh, you're allowed to have religious headgear and 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 so she said this is my that religion. is awesome and so and and apparently she's not the first. Apparently like there's a couple other places around the world and I, maybe even in our country that mm-hmm. people have been doing this and it's, that is like and people are like it's atheist. It's like I don't know. To me, atheist is just as much of religion as. As, as, as religion is, sure. uh, but like I, I, I do enjoy the absurdity of it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. Really, yeah. I do love the absurdity of wearing a spaghetti strainer and yeah. your driver's license. I, I think when the cop pulls you over and looks at your license, then yeah. you're, you're definitely being profiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although if you're like if you're one of these people super against. Well, he's like, he's I'm doing. more of a ZD guy, you know? <laughs> they, oh, you know, I forgot. You say ZD, they're, uh, uh, they're Pastafarians, is what they call themselves. Oh, really? So, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm going to look these people up. Yeah, I man. might join the Pastafarians. Yeah, you know, every time, like, there's, like, when they put up, like, a Christian thing in a public space, and then, like, then the, the you know, the, the Satanists want to put up, like, a devil thing. They want to put up a flying spaghetti monster thing next to them, too. Hey, freedom of speech. Uh, which is hilarious. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I joined the family. I, I don't care. <laughs> put them all up, you know? 
So your album is, uh, when does your Comedy Central album come out? Uh, it is out. It's called For Amusement Only. On Comedy Central Records. Comedy Central Records. Uh, I think you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. You can find, I think you can get it on anything. Any, any, uh-huh. You can find it on, uh, you can find it on, uh, on uh, MapQuest. <laughs> I think it's on um, Tinder. If you swipe, it might show up. If it's in the swipe neighborhood, right. swipe right. If you see my album for amusement only, swipe right. Uh, yeah, that was a super uh, fun album uh, uh, that I like. Uh, what if I didn't like it? What if I didn't think it was fun? Uh, no, it was. Uh, now, did they did they edit it, or is it just as you did it? It's sort of we did we did two shows in. Um, in Chicago at the Beat Kitchen at Chicago Underground Comedy, which is like my favorite show in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we did two shows. It, it, it is edited between the two shows, which is fine because like, you know. It's I, entertainment. I'm more, yeah, yeah, I'm more into putting, I'm more into like, you want to, I want the CD to be as good as possible instead of being like, but, but this, this is really all in one go, you know. Yeah, like no, screw that. It's, uh, it's great because like there was, you know, like there was, there was a lot of stuff that like, like. The first show, I was kind of like, okay, I got it. I, mm-hmm. I got that. Right. So, the second show, I'm, I'm going to play with that and see if something... You know, which was... Yeah. Fun. It was great. I actually, like, loved having two goes at it. You know, of As opposed to, like, you know, when you do the half hour special, it's kind of like, one and done, buddy. Mm-hmm. You got one shot at this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's got... I do a, a, a director's commentary on it. As the show's happening, I don't know if I ever did that at your show or not. Did I ever do that? I don't think so. so. I got I got all these, so I got all these pre-recorded things in my phone mm-hmm. uh, that I play as things happen throughout the show. Oh, cool! Uh, which is because like it was funny because like there's a lot of like, you know, again me trying to like do these like, um, you know, club. Sh- the thing about the club shows is again there's a certain expectation. I don't, I don't blame a comedy club audience mm-hmm. for not being in a certain types of material. It's not their fault. Yeah, you're you know, not to blame the audience. It's what they've been groomed to, you know, they they think you can heckle, they think that you can talk, they think that I'm going to talk about relationships or or make fun of them the whole time, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just kind of like, I want to talk about how letters, you know, uh, <laughs> might hook up with each other, you know, like just absurdity, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I, you know, I love doing like the, yeah, the theaters and like, what I really love is the, these, these shows that these, uh, generally comedians put on, those are the most fun shows because they just love comedy the most. Sure. They want to yeah. do everything to make the, they, they're just excited about the show. It's just a, it's an energy that reflects the quality of the show. So the album that's out is, that's not available as a video. It's not. Although I will say I, um, I have video of it, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, Thinking about doing this thing where the, uh, so we have the, Comedy Central sort of owns the audio. When you say sort of, you mean like completely. They do, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I, but I, but I still sort of own it too. But Uh I can't just put it in a video. Right. But so I want it, what I want to do is I have the video. So I might take the video and put the video up with no sound. And say you have to get the album and sync, sync it up it. like a Pink Floyd, Wizard of Oz style. Yeah, uh, that's a great it, idea. It, so I'm, I'm messing around with like it, it's a little tricky timing the video up to the you know to the edited 
album just right. perfect. Uh, <laughs> or if not, just put anybody's audio stuff ah! and see if it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you ever listen to uh, Nick Vatterot with uh, Pat Oswalt's album? It's so much funnier than the real version well, the of Nick Vatterot. The Flaming Lips did that at once. They're like, they put out, I think, five albums at the same time. They're like, you have to play them all simultaneously. <laughs> Wait, who did that? The Flaming Lips. Oh, yeah. I, did you ever do it? No, I was like, bullshit, they're trying to sell five records mm. at the same time. I, I thought they all came together. <laughs> did they? Of course. I don't yeah. know, but I did, I will say, I, you can go on YouTube and you can, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is pirating. I, th- I thought people are like, if, if, you go to a, if you go to listen to Flaming Lips song on YouTube, they get a portion of the money, right? They have uh, to. Now. Very little, sure. Mm. Well, buy, buy the four albums. Uh, Flaming Lips are amazing. <laughs> but if you want to just le- listen to it to see if you want to buy it, there's. I think there, someone did do it because I listened to it in the past year because I was always curious. Well, it's always a little different each time, right? It's Yeah, I yeah. guess. Well, you, but they do. It's like, and now on three at the third beep. Oh, they do they, got it. There's okay. something about like they make you match it up. It's really, I, I mean, I, it's such an ambitious, totally awesome. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. It's did artful. you ever meet those guys? Did I you, did. Yeah. What are they like? Super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. Uh, yeah. That's super awesome. Mm-hmm. You got to meet a bunch of those fucking uh, just rock and roll types. Nah, not a bunch, but some. Yeah. 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 Wet. Met Wayne Coyne, and I didn't know the other guys, but Beck was in the room as well. Oh, right on. It was during that. I bet he was super loud and obnoxious, right? <laughs> he was nice and good at ignoring me. <laughs> <laughs> he loved his salad. <laughs> he was very he, into his salad. Yeah, I mean, Beck kind of like, with that whole like how he reacted to the Kanye West thing, he was like instantly, not that he wasn't not cool anymore, yeah. but he was instantly like, that was the classiest, coolest way you could have handled that dude being a jerk again yeah you know? yeah nick thank you so much I, I did we miss anything i i don't think uh anything else uh let's see album it's on it got top 10 on all these lists so That's check right. it out um, vulture split cider right yeah yeah, yeah. top um, 10 comedy album um what else i got uh, oh you asked about shows uh there's this thing cool cow comedy in the virginia area uh lorton fredericksburg um I don't know. There's a couple other dates around there. Look up Cool Cow Comedy. Uh, NickVatterot.com? Uh, yeah, NickVatterot.com, if I remember to update my schedule. <laughs> um, I, let's see. Oh, Helium St. Louis. Brand new comedy club in St. Louis opened up Helium. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to be there Christmas weekend. New New Orleans Comedy Festival in January. Nice. And, uh, Chicago Sketch Fest. I'm excited. I'm at Sketch Fest with uh, with a group. Uh, T.J. Miller, Brady Novak, Mark Roderman. We've been doing Sketch for like 12 years. Oh, cool. And uh, this will be the 10th year we've done this festival. Great. And uh, it's I'm so excited about it. Uh, Who do you do Sketch, sketch? too? I do, yeah. 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 Uh, it's I, I miss doing Sketch and Improv a lot. Mm. I do. I, it just sort of, moving to New York. When I was in Chicago, I did all three equally and, mm. and i got here i just sort of i just i just i just couldn't i was touring with second city i was getting paid and then i had to like pay to take classes all over again you a, know? It, would you say there's less of a, a crossover uh in new york than there are in in other places i don't see i see i i just i don't know there's something about the improv scene in new york that i just uh i'm not in love with Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, there's so many stand-ups that come from Chicago, mm-hmm. and all those stand-ups, you know, uh, assimilate into the scene very well mm-hmm. into the stand-up scene up here. And all these Chicago improvisers, 
they, they, there's not an assim- I don't see the same assimilation happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the annoyance theater just opened up. Yeah. That's helping that, you know, because there's an annoyance present. But I, it's just, I see so many great, amazing, there's some guys, Thomas Middleditch, Jordan Klepper, you know, have done very well, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, that came, you know, from Chicago and they sort of got into that world uh, uh, fairly, you know, uh, with with the response they should have gotten, you know. But I know so many other great improvis- Chicago improvisers that get up here, and there's just like, I'm like, why aren't you using all these guys? Were like the best guys in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know enough about the world about why it's so <laughs> it's like because, resistant to other people. But it's it's I don't know, it's sort of a bummer. Is New York resistant to outsiders? Is that? But I I mean yeah no but it, but it's still like eventually you like, like with the stand up I feel like you know they're there's still like yeah every i think everybody new guy walks in you know if you were gonna any job you have especially restaurants I always love like restaurants with the new guy everyone hates the new guy of course, only because yeah. there's so much turnover at restaurant you're like yeah but are you really here I'm gonna be friends with you if you, if you get fired or quit in two weeks you know right um, the but, hazing of the new guy you mean? Yeah. everything yeah. even the new guy on the subway comes on ah! stop every, <laughs> everyone gives him a dirty look as if they've been on that subway for years right right yeah I, that's so funny I, you know what my favorite new guy on the subway thing is is when there's like a, a problem on the subway like like a crazy guy and uh you know, the craziest guy, one of the craziest guys I ever saw was a, uh, like, a fucking, like, dude, like, white dude in a three-piece suit that looked like he was on Wall Street. <laughs> mm-hmm. Looked like a normal, yeah. like, uh, owns a yacht. and t- You know, just he looked like a normal, just fucking, just like, I, I, I mean, and he just said the, cr- like, like. Like very like the type of guy that is just is very careful over every single word he says to not like you know say the inappropriate thing mm-hmm. you know a little too pompous you know mm. and then he just was said the craziest batshit stuff like he had a box that nobody was in and people sat next to him and he was just like I have a I have a treaty that no one can go to did you want to go to my tree he said he said like it was weird like creepy ass shit it wasn't like. Like, the, the typical crazy guy is yeah. like, I don't know, there's an anger behind it or a sadness behind it or something right, I can right, latch right. on to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what his direction just was. Just total you know? psycho. Yeah, he was just like, ladybugs are the enemy. And, you know, like, what are you talking... And he was like, for reals, batshit crazy. But he was so, like, put together. That was like... Like, he was serial killer. I think that's right. like... Like, the, those are like... the, the Patrick fucking, Bateman. Yeah, those are the guys you gotta... Who's Patrick Bateman? American Psycho. Oh, is that... Oh, oh the... Yeah, okay, that character, okay. yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly who it was. Yeah. Oh, and it was fucking crazy but what was funny was like so would sit down sit next to him he would say something batshit crazy mm-hmm. that person would eventually get up and then the <laughs> next person would get on the bus and we would all watch to see, watch that person watch that person sit down watch what the crazy thing it, it was all like waiting to see when the moment was that that person right you know because he'd be like hello and they'd be like oh hi you know and some yeah. people you're dressed like, so well yeah. you seem safe you seem a safe thing <laughs> and uh, oh boy what a crazy terrible game yeah, uh, maybe he's like a big time CEO, and this is what he does to balance his life. Right, right. <laughs> like he didn't. He just goes out. I did it again. They think I'm so crazy. Well, there's a trend of uh, Japanese businessmen. They photographed them, and the, like these high end Japanese businessmen, they dress down like homeless people, uh-huh. and they go dumpster diving. Just as like just to taste what it, it's like. The, the yeah, the it's like a similar thing to like big time powerful CEOs hiring dominatrixes. You know. Uh, yeah, God, it, nobody wants what they have. 
Grass is always greener on the other side. You know, it's. I think it's weird when, like, you know, you get like a, you get someone who lives in like a tiny farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, you know what? One day I'm gonna move out of this tiny. I'm gonna move to the big city. So yeah. then they move to like, I don't know, like uh, it Ames. In Ames, Iowa. You know, or, you know, like that's the closest thing to a big city compared to what they were in. Right. When they're in Ames, like this is, you know, I'm one of the big, like the big city. You know, like mm-hmm. look at these magazines, look at these restaurants people eat at. I want to. So then they move to Chicago. You know, yeah. and like, yeah, this is great, but there's not celebrities everywhere. I want to be somewhere there's like celebrities everywhere. You know, so then they go to L.A. and they're like, this isn't enough. Though. I want to be one of the celebrities. I want to be one of the people on cover. So then they like become a celebrity and like, but this isn't enough. Though I want to be like famous. I want like <laughs> like money and like tons of money and money. So then they like get money and they tens of famous like hey, this is enough i don't now i want to live in the nicest house in, in in la and they live in the nicest house in la like no this is no i don't you know what i want to do i want to move to like uh, i want to move to england i live in england and they live in england like now this isn't enough i want to listen to a, i want to move to a tiny farmhouse in england and then they're back to where they fucking started you know yeah they're just like george clooney or val kilmer or bruce willis or madonna or any of these people that have like a tiny like farmhouse and mm-hmm. then like you just it's Full just circle, all yeah. wanting to be what they content. don't have. Yeah. Yeah. We all just want to be content and you're chasing that elusive thing that is really just within you, you know? It's, oh my gosh. That's beautiful, it's Gary. In you, it's in you the whole time. It's a meat dildo. I cut dildo. myself open. I cut myself open and pull out a meat dildo. <laughs> the name of my next album. Good place to end it right there. Right there. All right. Thank you, guys. Great. Thank yeah. you.